Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Uh, not only inform the audience about the dual citizenship status of the 14th Amendment, but also... Uh, ask the host of the show if they were aware of the double citizenship uh, basically bestowed upon us as natural-born, you know, men and women out here. So, yeah, ultimately, the 14th Amendment citizenship status does come with privileges and immunities, and they are basically the, the immune from being sued. You're basically immune from being sued, and it's widely held in the business world, that corporations have a right to sue and be sued. Okay, so if corporations can sue and be sued, but you and I are immune from lawsuit as men, then yeah, we're not citizens. Definitely not corporate ones without immunities or privileges. I would highly recommend to read the 14th Amendment and discover how the state cannot make a law that abridges the rights or privileges of a 14th Amendment citizen. Which means that you're also, the state is barred from filing any lawsuit against, not filing, but uh, having standing for a claim in a civil suit or a criminal suit against a citizen of the United States. Is this uh, Donaldson or Jerry? It's Donaldson. Hey, how you doing, Ms. Mark? Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Finally on this call. <laughs> <laughs> well, was oh, a, little, a little bit late. I was like, oh, no, not again. So I heard what you said, but let me ask you this. If you don't agree to the offer of being an American citizen or, or whatever it is that, that authorizes you to apply under the Declaration of Independence to an agreement that you had no say in, then how can they proceed against you? You're saying if you're not subject to the jurisdiction, right? No, I'm saying I'm a free man. I didn't, you're not didn't join any, any... I'm sorry? Well, that you're not subject to the jurisdiction is saying that you are a free man. I'm saying I'm a free man. I didn't join any government or apply to any government. So what makes you think that I'm under the Declaration of Independence or any other document? Because right. you say so? No, you're absolutely right. Right. I totally agree with you. You're not. And because and you know what's even more proof, and I'll add to your argument, is that and I don't mind doing that because I can back up both of my claims, but the fact that you have no oath on file either. You have no Exactly. Oath. And the fact that the oath actually is attests to the fact that those people vow to uphold all the laws of the United States. And, and and being as how I never took the oath to uphold any law, well, why do I have to follow any municipal law either, especially when they're under the people's laws? Right. You know, I get that whole argument. It makes a lot of sense. Okay? It really does. Unfortunately, oh. 
I can't find a remedy for uh, immunities from lawsuits at, with that status of statelessness well, because what well, you're really well, saying is you're stateless. Well, wait, Go wait, ahead. wait, though. When you walk into court, they presume that you're there because you're under their jurisdiction or they drag you in and the judge uh, stands you up and he presumes that you're there correctly. So what if the first thing you say is, hey, I don't belong here. I'm not a member of your society. Mm-hmm. Then let them prove it. Okay, I get what you're saying. That means the burden of proof. You're, try- you're talking about shifting the burden of proof. For, for, right. for people that don't know about that, burden of proof thing is basically a legal term that requires right, right. Uh, the well, plaintiff most, to provide the burden of proof. Go ahead. Correct. Most of our guests have been on for a year and a half, two years. So they know what I'm talking about. If they don't, they can go back and listen to calls or um, study on jurisdiction. But for, for one that is not a member of the society to which you're being dragged in, all you have to do is say, wait, wait a minute, there's been a mistake. I'm not a member of this society. What are you doing? That's kind of vague, though, don't you think? Kind of vague? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking it's, well, you're not a member of that society, so what are you doing? That's the straightforward question. They can say, well, you uh, you went through a red light or you turned right on red and there was a no turn on red sign. And you can look at them and say, I'm not a member of that society that put those signs there. So what are you doing? Let me let me do this. I have my Barron's Legal Dictionary here. It's it's a law dictionary. It came out a couple years ago. It's got three thousand terms in it. And I want to just look up the definition. Take subject two. And the reason why is because it says in the Fourteenth Amendment, people that are born naturalized and subject to. So I'm going to look up subject to and just quickly read that definition if that's okay, because I think that that would help clear up for me at least. Uh, the question of, of of why I would not be subject to the jurisdiction, you see? Sure. I mean, you can do that if you want. I'm simply saying, well, point out to them, you're not a member of their society. Their rules don't apply. So what what's the problem? Well, see, the thing, it may not apply to you as a man, but the, the Constitution in their society actually applies... Uh, attaches to the land. That's what they believe, and I'm not. I'm just saying this is regurgitated. No, no, no. Their their rules apply to the legal person. Mm-hmm. So they've got to link you to the legal person. And as soon as they try and do that, I go, well, "That's not me. I, I, you guys created that. I didn't create that. What does that have to do with me? You stole my name, but okay. So you stole my name and created an identical person, except it's dead." What does that have to do with me? I think what they did was they hid our our they hid our benefit our benefits our, our our basically our birthright is hidden from us in in legalese. So correct, correct, yeah. hidden by applying it to a fiction. So you've got to terminate that. You got to got to separate it. So you open your mouth and you say, I'm a man. I'm only a man. 
How can I help you? What What are you doing? Okay. Let me offer this. And how do you feel about this? I feel like the 14th Amendment citizen is the man. The, the one that has the immunities and the privileges, that is the man. Because corp- they clearly state in corporate law that corporations have, have no duty. They have to incriminate. They don't have no. privileges and immunities. They have to. No. 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 Because yeah. that Constitution <laughs> only applies to people that follow the prescribed manner for announcing that you're falling under that. It's in the uh, U.S. Code. You've got to go to court, and there's things you have to state. I, I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but if you don't do that, that body of paper doesn't apply to you. So what do you have to do to make the body of paper apply to you? To make the what? That body of paper apply. I don't want it to apply. But if, it's, if, it's, a, it's a scam. I, I don't want to fall under that paperwork. Maybe you do, but I don't. No, I want my... I want to just, you know... I would like to... I would actually like to just live in peace, but un- unfortunately, I, I have no right to be left alone. You know, a bird can come up and start pecking at me anytime it wants to. I really oh, have no cares. right to be. Yeah, I mean, so if I think about my rights and my right to be left alone, it's just it's just not possible. Well, you can't be left alone in the world. There there are people and things you have to interact with, or they will interact with you and beat your your butt. But um, that's just the way it is. It's, we don't live in um, enclaves where we're insulated from all these judgments. But you don't have to participate in the United States government. No, you don't. No, you don't. So if you want to participate, that's fine, but you have to be able to take on a fiction and operate through that fiction. If you don't choose to ever be a fiction, you can just sit back and ignore it and do what you want to do. And if you run into trouble with them, then you've got to know what to say. You've got to stand up and you've got to know what to say. Okay. I first of all, I honor what you're saying and what your what your show represents, be, because there are some people that just will not take the time to go out and learn. Okay? Right. So, so for those innocent people who are getting screwed over by a, a by a system, obviously self-driven. Uh, you know, I I mean, thanks thanks for that. Thanks for helping them and. I suggest they go out and start learning about the system so that at least if they get into a position to where they start getting questioned quite a bit and backed into a hole, a wall, a hole or something, you know, that, that at least, you know, I mean, you could, you could clearly say that you're not a citizen and that's fine. But, you know, the problem with that that I have is I read the um, military uh, army training manual for, uh, it was a 2010 edition for, uh, internment camps and uh, re-education here in America. And one of the key points of interest was that they wanted to classify people. They had to send people through the 
their administrative process to classify. After they, you know, took the custody of people, they would be doing a whole entire, like, classification, like, process where they send them to the courts to do, to figure out what right. they are, what, what their status is. And so, right. well, I kind of and, feel and like that... what if you're just a non-belligerent? What if you're just a non-belligerent? Okay, so you know where I'm going with that. All right. You're not belligerent to them for how they want to treat their members, but you're not a member. That's possible. Sure it I is. I love it. I love it. So I, I mean, sure it is. I would love to see to hear your call. You know, like get into some of the details of where this belligerent thing comes into play and and where that word actually is derived from. So that way you can you know you can really say okay, not only am I not a citizen, but I'm a non-belligerent as well. You know that right. that should be part of, part of the claim. Right. But you have to be able to speak it. It's one thing to know it and to be able to put it on paper and send it off and hope that they listen, but it's not likely. No, the fact is it's just not likely. Now, you can send it in, but you've got to be able to speak it as well so that if you're in court or in a, uh internment camp, you can state the same thing that you sent in and say, look, I sent you a note about this. What do you not understand? Right, and because supposedly they have a, a written record of everything, as long as you do your due diligence, you should be okay. Right. I don't even like the word diligence. Work. Do work, you know? <laughs> as, long as, as long as you make an effort to communicate yeah. who you are and that you're not participating and you're not interfering, then that should be enough. Right, but then, see, the thing about that is that there's this whole discharge of debt issue. As a non-belligerent, but say you grew up in the system and you had acquired some college debt and some, like, some child support debt, and all of a sudden you realize who you were in the system, and now you've, you're somehow in this quagmire, right, where you've got this debt and that you, you don't want to claim or claim it. You want to ba- claim that you had ignorance of the law and so, therefore, that's an excuse, right? But they're going to just so you wanna, go, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so you want to walk away from your death? Oh, I didn't say that. I, well, I, what I mean, I'm that's that, the scenario you're laying out. Well, I mean, if, I'm if, not, if I'm money... I'm not anybody to... Go ahead. I was just going to say if if it was easier to find, you know, work and easier to get educated... And to get to acquire that type of, you know, work, and we had stronger communities, then maybe possibly we wouldn't have that wouldn't have that issue, you know. But right, and that, that will come in time as more people get off their butts and turn off the uh, television and study more. But until that happens, there's only so much you can do. So look at it from your standpoint and taking care of you, and say, well, okay, I don't like this. I will pay off my debts, but I'm not going to incur any more. Because they are your debts. You're obliged to them. Unless you can go to uh, court and file a suit against whoever that has your debt. Hi. And, and claim it. Sorry. 
Well, you, you know what's interesting is, is that uh, the debt thing, like, we're talking public debt or private debt, you know? Like, there's a difference there, too, you know? And so because if right. there is, if there's a public, public debt question... Public debt, that, is, is what, public debt is mostly what people are dealing with. Right. And the issue with and that the, is that it, it's a discharge thing because in the United States, there is no more constitutionally backed, you know, money. So right. it's all, it's all, it's been, ad, ad, you know, I don't know how to say it. It's but, been replaced. It's been it's replaced, totally been with, replaced. Script, with script debt. Right. And so there is no but, real debt. No, no, so you no, have, they're, what they're saying is they're forcing you to participate, and if you don't know how to discharge it, then... So we have severe worship of the intellect. People are just... It's worship of a false god. I don't want to get too far into that. But, yeah, these people... It's ridiculous. Go, go ahead. I'm just... I'm at a loss of words at the moment. Okay, well, but it's really not that hard because once you once you study this and you learn what the heck is going on and what kind of scam they're running, then it's real easy to stand up and say, okay, then here's what I want you to do with the promissory note that I gave and give them instructions. And when they don't do it, then you sue them because you gave them two instruments. In the, in the uh, case of a mortgage or a car, you gave them two instruments. You gave them a promissory note, and you took out another note against yourself. And you can go to court, and you can say, on the second note, they didn't deliver the money. They delivered it on the first note, but now they won't oblige me and deliver the money on the second note. So what's your standing, though? What's your status for as far as legal status when you to get standing in a court as a, as a you know, what... Because you have to be able to have standing. You know, because under the 11th Amendment, citizens of a foreign state cannot sue citizens of any other state. Right. So when you're suing, what's your status? My status? As yeah, far as, say, I want to I take you to court. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do that. Let's do me against you. So I'm going to file the normal court case because our, our issue is going to be the public issue. What in the public? So I'm going to file against you in the public and, and drag you into court and say, look, I did this. You still haven't delivered the note. You're harming me. You, you got to either pay up or throw it away. Do okay. One. Can I interject? Are you saying sure. that the citizen, the legal person, not citizen, but the legal person is not a citizen? No, they're two different entities. <laughs> wow. That's a new one on me. I, I, okay, wow. Trip out. Go on. Well, they, well, they are. The, the, uh, the state can't do anything with people. So they don't do anything with people. They'll tell you. All they're doing is registering the event. That's the birth. So who's the citizen? So what? Well, make what my question is this: If a citizen is not a legal person, then what the heck is a legal person? Because you said you would use a legal person in a court scenario to sue me. To go you after your punishment. legal person. To go after your legal person. Right, you would, and that. My, so my question is: You're not going. You're not. You're not a citizen when you're coming after my legal person, are you? 
You're just one other legal person coming after another legal person, right? Well, no, I'm always a citizen. I'm a man, right? I can only be a man. I can choose to be a citizen or not be a citizen. So what I'm saying is if you haven't done as prescribed on the paperwork, then you can't be a citizen, but you still can use the courts. You've got a legal person that can enter into the courts, that can sue another legal person that can enter into the courts. But you're the one behind the the person pulling the strings. So if my legal person, instead of being Mark Fishman, if it was uh, Bill Smith, I would use Bill Smith to sue uh, to you, Sue Donaldson. Okay? Right. Yeah. So Bill Smith is going after Donaldson. And Mark Fishman is is operating Bill Smith. Got it? Got, oh, yeah. Got it. Okay. So I'm behind the, uh, the screen, as it were, operating the okay. legal person to go after you. And then if I win the case, then the legal person, Bill Smith, gets the check. Okay, so... Not Mark, not, not Mark Fishman. Just to clear things up for me, are you... You're saying you're the... Uh, Mark Fishman would not be the legal person himself, but the administer. You're administering the process for the legal person. Oh, uh, I think so, yes. Okay. I just wanted to know where you were coming from. That's all. So so I'm going to follow the rules and operate the person to go after you for your wrongdoings. But I'm going to put my legal person out there against your legal person. And I'm going to tell the courts, well, that's not me, but that's the legal person I have to use. Okay. Right. And so, okay, this brings me right back around to the 14th Amendment citizenship most people who claim legal persons in any type of court case are probably not even thinking about claiming 14th Amendment citizenship, but instead they claim state citizenship, right, and and basically end up cutting their own throat when it comes to a un- remedy, you know, with United States law because then they le- they're left to, you know, be to the wolves, basically, of the state law and all those different administrative laws and codes and rules and regulations, and sometimes even underground regulations that don't get promulgated through the secretary of the state for the state that they're in. So that that, that becomes an issue. Uh, people need to know, like, that there's dual citizenship status. No, the, the state constitution, the federal constitution, don't have anything to do with it. You You keep bringing that in, but if I hadn't signed on to that according to the laws on the books, then that's irrelevant. In other words, it doesn't apply to me. It applies to the legal person, but it doesn't apply to me, the man. It only applies to you as a man, wouldn't you agree, when you decide to be recognized through that name? No, not necessarily. Because the legal person and the man share the same name. Okay. I'm, I but, throw this but at legally, you. wait a minute, okay. legally, the man does not have a last name. 
That's right. where you have to study law and go back and look and say, well, a man is known by the first or first and middle name and not by the last name. I love it. Which So you can, you can report to the courts that I, Mark Carey, a man, will be representing Mark Carey Fishman, a legal person. That's a difficult one to do because especially if you haven't um, been emancipated, like, in their system, that the judge is you actually going to... You don't have to be. Well, well, the judge can say no, and you can go, okay, well, we'll hire a private judge. <laughs> well, yeah, are you talking from the petitioner angle or from a defendant angle? From whatever angle. From whatever angle? Okay. Yeah. What, what, now, if, both, if one of you always resists, then fine. Then you're on your own. Fisticuffs. 30 yards. Let's go. <laughs> it's not a perfect system. There is no perfect system among men. Okay? All you can do is, is realize how it works, where its deficiencies are, and try and operate them to your advantage. Now, if you're, say, going against a corporation... Say I've got a problem with my groceries and I need to sue Kroger and they won't uh, give me the, the time of day. The judge says, no, you're not going to represent the legal person. So, okay. Well, then I've got to make a decision. I either take a gun into Kroger and hope I can get in and out before the police arrive. <laughs> I take a mob down to Kroger and to the main office, and we walk in and say, you're going to pay me or you're going to get hurt. I mean, there are options, but they're not good. So that's why it's important to know the law. Does that make sense? Hello? Yes, I'm, I'm here. I, I, was, uh, I was busy. But, yeah, I, I totally, I heard what you said, and it yeah, it makes total sense to know the law so that way you can I mean, know where your remedy is. I mean, but see, that's why we have fiduciaries in our system for people who don't want to sit back and do that. They and got again, these judges that's, in that's the circuits, and they just do the job for you. Right, that's the, and that's your choice if you want to do that. Because on the other side, all they have to do is keep refusing and when you show up at their office or their house, it's called the police. And then you've got to, got to realize, okay, there is no real remedy. There is no answer. So i got to write it off. It's not a perfect world. That's my point. It's not a perfect world. So you've got to be diligent about who you work with. Go on about that. What do you mean by that? Because I'm curious to find out what you mean by who you work with. Well, who who you hire, who you um, give money to. In other words, um, if I go to Kroger to buy groceries, then that's a pretty straightforward one. They total up the groceries, I give them cash, boom, we're out the door. But say you hire a contractor and he screws up your house. Well, you didn't do enough diligence finding out that he wouldn't screw up your house, writing an agreement that covered what if, what if he screws up your house. 
Well, that's on both of you because you both screwed up. Right. Well, but let me let me just mention this because let's say a foreigner came here and was using U.S. dollars to make a purchase of, and, and he did a drug deal or something, and that that something against public policy or or, or public law. No, no, drug deals are fine between think- men. They're they're not fine when it involves a fiction. Right. Well, the guy coming is using his legal fiction. So that that right there is saying that the legal fiction is is more than just a citizen. But no, not my really. Point, my my point is that if if they came here to use the United States and they were using United States dollars, right, or or Federal Reserve notes to actually right. do their exchange, well, the it's my understanding that the United States dollar is backed up by the full faith and credit of the citizenry, of the people. And so that means that a foreigner would be subject to the jurisdiction of the laws of the United States if they were using United States money to do something, correct? No, I don't necessarily agree. I don't think and that the notes become, okay. become yours, that you're allowed to use them, but they're not yours. In other words, I'm basically renting the note until I get rid of it. Okay. The bank the bank issues the note. You don't. You work and agree to accept the bank note, but that doesn't mean you agree to take ownership of the bank note. In other words, if I have it to use, but it's not mine, did I agree it was mine or did I not? Damn. Did I? Good uh, point. No, very good. Very good. Yeah. Did I agree it belongs to the Federal Reserve System, or did I agree it's my private note? I think it belongs to the Federal Reserve System. And that's why they can say all these things are illegal, because you use cash to pay for it. Your butt's on the line. But then if it's Federal Federal Reserve System... I should have some privacy rights and some immunities, you see? Because under federal citizenship status, you have privileges and immunities, and I don't want to give up my immunities from prosecution. Well, then you can't give up your limitations either. Either have both or you have none. Do you you believe in, in, in what I've read, which has been the immunities of of to be of the 14th amendment citizen to be sued in any civil or criminal case not necessarily if you didn't execute the procedures written on the books you're not a us citizen i didn't Sorry, do it. i'm not a us say that citizen again? can you say that again if you didn't if you didn't execute the procedures that are on the books to become right. a united states citizen go before right. a judge and go through their process then you're not a us citizen I'm not a U.S. citizen. I was born in Columbus, Ohio, but okay. I didn't go to court, and I didn't do all the things that they say you got to do. So I'm not a U.S. citizen, which is fine, because the United States is not Ohio. That, that happens well, to be where I am. Be, right? You can choose What's to that? be when you want to. I mean, you, want, you can choose to be, when you're ready and when you want to, a United States citizen for immunity purposes. And then you let can it write, claim let it. it. Yeah, no, you let can it go claim right it. 
it, but you it, can let it, it right it, go. You can let it go right away, right? You don't have to like hold on to it as some, it's not attached to you. In other words, the citizenship. You just use it when you want to. It's a gift, but the, right? But the, the government could easily prove that wrong, but they won't do that because then it gives up the game. It's a false claim, but the government can can step in and go, oh, no, we're going to smack you down. Absolutely. Small. Yeah, it's a false claim. They can't do that. Yeah, but they won't do it because they don't want to give up the game. I'm not a U.S. citizen. Are you a U.S. citizen? Well, let me ask you this. It depends on what your definition of United States means. Do you have any contracts? In the, in are, the, you a private, the, are you a private contractor? The, I'm a private man. But Everything do you I do is private. So you contract with private peop, with people in a private way in a private world? Right. Okay. That's, what we, well, that's, so, all we can, that's all any of us can do. In the, in the term United States, I'm referring in the geographic sense, border to border. Not, not the United States versus the United States of America. Just United States, border to border, the whole country. Are you a U.S. citizen? Well, I heard there was the United States of Mexico. Okay, whatever. And the United States, also the United Kingdom. My point is this, that you're... Just the United States is, I think, more of a contractual term than than it is actually a governmental one. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think that a United States citizen, I would be one if if there was one or more people involved with me in a private agreement to fulfill some obligation. Then I would be a United States citizen on a private level. And it depends on if I was using. Go ahead. But if that's not disclosed in the agreement, then I gotta disagree. Because those other men and women involved, if you say, Well, you're a US citizen, you go, No, I'm not, that wasn't in the agreement. I guess it just depends on like like Bill Clinton said, what the definition of, of, of is is and, and what the definition of United States is. And so Bingo. Again, yeah, it just Bingo. comes back to yeah, you know, that. Yeah. Now you're getting what I'm talking about. So if if you don't agree that you're a U.S. citizen, then you're not. If you do agree, are you? Nobody's going to tell you you're not because the, the courts will fall apart if they tell people, well, you're not a U.S. citizen. You didn't go to the <laughs> oh, excuse me. You didn't go to the uh, courts. You didn't go uh, follow up with uh, this statute, which requires you to register and blah, 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 and drop your drawers and bend over and say magic words. Like, so you're not a U.S. citizen. True. However, there is the implied contract by conduct. So if a person like does, of a man, decides to, out of ignorance, just ignore the, the law, right, and not learn it, then, then there's going to be an implied contract there that he is a United States until that's rebutted, you know? Uh, so, that's, yeah. But that's the whole court system. It right. all works on presumptions until you right. rebut them. Okay. That's why I say when you walk into court, say, I'm not a U.S. citizen, I'm not an Ohioan, what the hell are you doing? Would you ever ask, 
Um, which United States citizen are you talking about? Do you mean no, you have contracts with someone? Or? No, because that's irrelevant. If you never signed an agreement or took an oath for any United States, then you're not a United States mem- member. And how can you be a citizen that's something you're not a member of? So that's 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 again my my an issue because the state courts they you know when you go and you show state ID to a police officer they presume that you might not be a United States citizen but you for all intents and purposes you may be a state citizen maybe and subject to the laws of the state and that's right. where all that red tape comes in right so what do you do yeah tell us how about how about you carry a piece of paper that says you're not a United States citizen, you will show your Columbus, Ohio identification for the person that represents you should it be necessary. And you have that that, uh, document, that driver license, inside an envelope. It says that the enclosed property is is the property of the state of Ohio and pertains to all state identification and state names and bears the image of the man authorized to use it should he so desire. Do you get a notary on that? You can. You can do whatever you want. If a notary makes you feel better, get it notarized. Are you getting notice? Am I giving notice what? Of your of your claim, basically, because do you think that it's wise to just attach that information to your ID and then hand it to the officer or to ahead of time go ahead and mail something out to the municipality so that they at least know who they're dealing with? Well, um, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Hey, hey Mark, uh, would you mind if I help, help with that question? No, go ahead. Hey, this is uh, guest number seven I've called in in the past. Uh, had a, had a, a very interesting experience uh, in the past, you know, few months that uh, I thought I would call in and talk about, and it's on this topic this gentleman is speaking about. Uh, you know, basically I got pulled over, and uh, I received three tickets, uh, no plates, uh, no driver license and registration, and I did not show proof of insurance. And... Uh, you know, when I got pulled over, I was just going to the store, and uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not in the driving profession. I'm not a professional driver. You know, it's a profession that I'm not engaged in, and I was not hauling any passengers or cargo. And uh, basically, she pulled me over, and I said, uh, "Hey, I saw your flashing lights. You know, what is the emergency, and how can I help?" And uh, she said, "Driver's license, insurance, and registration." And uh, I said, "You know, what is the probable cause? You know, uh, for your, you know, pulling me over." You know, and, and what crime are you accusing me of? And I kind of threw her off her script. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden uh, she said it again, you know, driver's license and registration. And I said, I said, on and for the record, uh, I'm not for hire. And, uh, you know, and I said, have you seen the notice on the front windshield? So she walked up and read the notice I put on the front windshield, you know, where it says, you know, private property, no trespass. You know, I have a little statement up there, not engaged in transportation, that kind of thing. And and uh, she looked really nervous and uh, didn't know what to say, and she couldn't answer any of my questions. So what does she do? She calls for backup, and all of a sudden I've got 
three or four cops there and a helicopter overhead, you know, very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, I didn't show them any, any ID at first until I told everybody there, you know, hey, uh, you know, uh, I said, uh, I'm, not, I'm not for hire. And uh, I said, you know, you guys are ganging up on me. And, uh, you know, uh, under threatened duress, you know, I'm going to show you uh, that I'm the bearer of a USA passport card. So I pulled out the USA passport card and gave her the passport card. And I had, I had an affidavit there uh, where I canceled everything. And I had an affidavit of nationality on me. And as I passed that over, she pushed it away right back in my face, you know, and didn't want any of that. And, uh, you know, didn't even want the passport card. She demanded a driver's license. And I said, I, I can't give you what I don't have. You know, and then her sergeant was there jumping up and down and uh, calling me names. And he was getting, you know, uh, kind of, you know, trying to, you know, make me scared or whatever. And I, I kind of was really smiling and I was really polite. And uh, I, just, I just said, look, you know, there, there's no need for calling me names, you know. And so he, he got me to exit the car because he was so frustrated. So I said, look, under threat, duress, and coercion, I'm going to exit my car. And uh, so I got out of the car and locked it and gave them my USA passport card. So they put cuffs on me, threw me in the back of her police car for 30 minutes, and, uh, you know, she wrote up the tickets, and, uh, you know, she took me back to the car, and I got in the car, and she gave me the tickets, and all three of them are gathered around, and uh, she wanted me to sign it, and I said, I said, well, you know, I, I, can't, I can't sign it because I don't have any contract with you guys, you know, and I'm not a driver. And I said, you know, all of you have weapons on your hips. Are those loaded? And, 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 they, and, and they said, yeah. And, and uh, I said, well, are you trying to get me to sign this contract, you know, under threat, duress, and coercion under arms? And I said, I'm not going to do that. And so, and so all of them kind of looked at each other, and she, she uh, just handed me the ticket. And, uh, you know, so I kind of talked to them for a couple of minutes and explained the USA passport card and what my position was real quick. Then I got in, got in my car and, and drove home. And... Uh, you know, basically, so what I did is uh, I got the, the USA passport uh, evidence back from the State Department showing that I'm a state citizen and not a federal citizen, and, and, and my, uh, my affidavits were included along with the application that I had filled out, and uh, so I had a copy of that. So I, I drafted up a, uh, uh, an affidavit called Not Engaged in Commerce or Transportation, uh, where I said at the time of the stop, you know, uh, I was not engaged in commerce or transportation and, and a couple other, you know, things. And then I included my uh, State Department, you know, the, the United States of America Department of State authenticated passport evidence. And I, I included that. And then I included uh, an entry of appearance, you know, and under the entry of appearance, I said, I'm, I'm one of the people, you know, of my state. And I said, uh, I'm a state citizen and expressly not a 14th Amendment citizen. And, uh, you know, I, I, I said I'm not going to be held as trustee, you know, uh, for, for that name. And so I sent all that in. I sent a copy of it to the uh, court administrator, and I sent, uh, uh, you know, a registered copy. And then, and then I sent a copy of the registered copy to the, uh, uh, the, the, the city uh, district attorney, you know, who was supposed to be the prosecutor. And uh, so I called up the prosecutor. You know, uh, probably it was probably, you know, five days before the court day or, or around there. And I said, hey, did you get my paperwork and did you read it? You know, and he, and he said, yeah, I've got a stack of paperwork here. 
you know, and uh, yeah, I read it. I, I'm reading through it, and Sue says, I said, did you see the State Department uh, document there? And he said, yeah, I, I've, I've read, you know, most of it. And so he said, so, so you're one of those guys who, uh, who doesn't have any contracts and, and you know, I forgot how he put it, but he said something along those lines. Are you one of those guys, you know, who got out of the system or kind of who got out of, who got out of all the contracts? And I said, well, you know, I'm a state citizen, and uh, I can't, you know, sub, you know, I can't commit perjury and and say that I'm I'm something else, but I'm not. And so we talked for a few minutes, and I kind of, you know, asked a few questions that obviously he couldn't answer uh, without, you know, you know, really hurting hurting his position. So he knew that I knew what I was talking about. And so I showed up at the court date, you know, and, uh, and, and, and of course the, uh, the cop didn't show up. So everything was dismissed. Yeah. Pretty funny, huh? Yeah. Everything was dismissed. Yeah. But they don't have a problem jerking you around and wasting your time. I sent them a bill. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the reasons I was going to call you is, uh, you know, basically, uh, I was going to see if you have ever had any luck uh, with a claim for da damages, uh, you know, where I sent it into the risk management group, which is part of the county, and, uh, you know, and show them that, hey, here are all the dismissals, and, uh, you know, I was, I was arrested for 30 minutes, and uh, it was a warrantless arrest uh, for uh, non-criminal behavior, and, uh, you know, they, they called me names, they arrested me, they wasted my time and didn't show up in court. And, of course, I had the dismissal. Have you ever done anything like that where, where you submit that to the risk management and they, you know, they, they can either accept it and pay damages or not accept it, and then you can go to court and then you can see the officer uh, directly in court, from what I heard? No, no, I've not had a problem yet. But it's just a matter of time. Okay. Have you done so, that yet? No, I haven't. Okay. I, said, I, uh, I, because, haven't, uh, I haven't been pulled. I haven't been pulled over, but it's only a matter of time. Was, was somebody going to answer a question or something? Uh, I was. Yeah, gonna. I guess, but go ahead. I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm just. I'm still caught up on what you were saying. Um, so you said you were a state citizen. Yeah. And, and and they basically the cop didn't show up, right? If that's what I'm, is that what right. I understand? Okay. Right. Well, then that makes total sense. It, you said, see, you contradicted yourself, and and, and I'm going to tell you something. You sh you showed a a U.S. card, U.S. passport, and then at the same time claimed to be a state citizen. So no, I've got I've got the, the U.S. So, passport as a state citizen. <laughs> So the record shows, see, the paper record actually shows that you're a United States citizen. No, no, so no, you, no, no, that's, no. Because, because on, on the application, on the application, it says I'm a state citizen, and then on the affidavits I submitted with the application, I submitted about five or six pages of evidence stating that I'm specifically not a uh, 14th Amendment U.S. citizen, that I'm a state citizen, and including Supreme Court cases and state court cases. And believe me, it took me six months. Uh, to get it, so it went through a much more scrutiny than mm -hmm. a 14th Amendment citizen would. So believe Question. me, I've got the evidence. You added you citizen. added that stuff, those documents, to the some forms. Yeah, it's called, it's called an explanatory statement. If you read right. the application for a USA passport, uh, okay. you know they they grant passports to their own federal citizens, but but they also 
grant passports to state citizens because they took that responsibility over from the 50 states. So if you didn't know that, uh, that would be a big thing for you to study because when, when you submit the explanatory statement, which is in the form of an affidavit, uh, when you submit that with the application, it's a permanent part of the application. So it's, it's attached to it. And on the application, it says, see explanatory statement. So, you know, mm. you know it's both the same thing. So, uh, you know, the evidence you get back from John Kerry is a copy of the application and then all of my affidavits. So and it, ha it has their numbering and their signatures and their, their gold seal. So, it, you know, it's the highest form of evidence you can use in a court. And, and that is in a court case from the 1800s, and it was confirmed in the 1980s that it says the, pa the passport itself, the document itself, is merely an ex parte certificate that one can use when traveling from one country to another country, you know, being, you know, from like California, the state, and the United States are two separate exactly. countries. So basically it says, um, but, but it, it has a dual role. The passport evidence that you submitted to get the passport, uh, if of a nature admissible in a court of law, is the highest form of, of evidence of one citizenship status that one can have. And what that means is, you know, if you get it properly uh, signed by two or three witnesses or mm. you get it notarized, uh, well, then that is admissible in a court of law. So when I submitted that, uh, it showed very clearly and all my paperwork, it mentions it, and it goes through the laws, and uh, that I'm a state citizen of one of the states of the union and not right. a 14th Amendment citizen. So, so that, that is, is the highest form of evidence that I have. And so I had that with me, and the cop didn't want to look at it. So I gave her the passport, and I clearly stated I'm a state citizen with passport evidence, and she refused the evidence. And I told the attorney that. I said, look, I showed her all the stuff in your hands, and she pushed it right back in my face. So, you know, if you want to take me into court, you know, I was very frank with them. I said, you're bringing a state citizen into a District of Columbia court. So, you know, you need to think about that. And I'll bring the original copy with me in court. What court? What court did you go in? Uh, it, was, it was just a municipal court where they do traffic tickets. And okay. all, courts, yep. all courts are in the District of Columbia, you know. Mm -hmm. And so he was going to bring a foreigner into his court, and, As an of, course, and of Yo, course he, uh, he, he did not. He did not want to be, do that. Interesting. I, I, I like what you're saying. I'm going to give – it's food for thought. The, the, I went to uh, Massachusetts um, District Court website, like mass.gov or something, and that has – it says district courts, right? And, and I suspected, <laughs> right, because I found another website for the federal district courts in Massachusetts. And I was like, what? How is this possible to have two websites? It was because the, the local municipal one has a, a, a monetary limit of up to $25,000 for cases that they can take, right? That means that that is the District of Columbia one for the franchises, right? That's the franchise court. Right. Yeah, all, all, the, courts, all the courts are in the District of Columbia and its territories, state citizens do not belong there. Because, uh, uh, you know, I'm a man. Uh, a state citizen is one of the people. A state citizen Ooh. is not the legal fiction. You guys, 
Man, you guys are confirming so much stuff for me tonight. Well, I've got the proof. I'm living it. Very well-educated people, and are you still there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. But no, I mean, that's... I, 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 I suspected that that somehow the state citizenship would be would be valuable claim, which is why they probably give you that um, at birth. They have a duty to give you this this birth certificate that states where you know where you were born. Now that's what's interesting about the birth no, certificate is that no, it that, comes that's, from that's, the municipality. And but, so, but that's not the case at all. Not the case at all. Okay, tell me. They, educate me then. They give you a legal person okay. that's created in the District of Columbia. It's an avatar. Right. What I'm saying is that the, the birth certificate lets them know that you were born in the state, that you're a state citizen. No, it lets no. them know you were no. born in the District of Columbia. No, and remember, it isn't about the man. It's an avatar. What they did is they created an avatar in the District of Columbia, which all birth certificates are in the District of Columbia, and it's not meant for a man. It's strictly an avatar they created to be used in commerce because of the bankruptcy and the fact that, you know, we, you know, we have no lawful money except for U.S. notes. And I haven't used Federal Reserve notes in about, you know, a couple of years. Uh, I only use, uh, I make the demand for lawful money pursuant to the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, Section 16, which is 12 U.S.C. Section 411. So, you know, when I make that demand, I'm not using Federal Reserve notes anymore. I'm using U.S. notes, and they still keep three, three uh, I think it's three million or, or so U.S. notes in all all 12 Federal Reserve banks. They put it on a crate and they ship it back and forth to keep it in circulation. Get it? Circulation between the 12 banks. The people will never will hold on to those old U.S. notes, but it circulates between the Federal Reserve Banks. But if you look at a $1 bill, it's a dual-purpose note. It's a Federal Reserve note, and it can be a U.S. note. And you'll notice on the left, there's a Puerto Rico Treasury, and on the right, there's a United States Treasury. So it's a dual-purpose note. And so, you know, if you choose to have a bank account, make sure you make your demand for lawful money. If you cash a check, be sure to put that on the back of your check. It's called a non-endorsement. So I don't endorse private credit anymore as a state citizen. You're bringing up a lot of stuff. So 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 to put that demand on the back of the check, and then what do you get back? You get green paper, right? Right. It's, it's, it's U.S. notes. It's the same paper. It's ah, nothing new. But the same record paper. reflects. But see, yeah. but see, if you're ever called into court, if you're ever called into court, well, what Bravo. you do is you make a copy of the front and back of your check before you cash it. You make you make the demand. I have a stamp I made from Office Depot for 20 bucks. It says, demand is made for lawful money pursuant to 12 U.S.C. Section 411. You stamp it on there, and you sign it by, and then you, you sign your full name. Uh, and, uh, you know, you make a copy of the front and back, and you keep all those records. It's your court of record. So if you're ever called into court for anything, you say, I was using U.S. notes. I've been using them for X amount of time, and here's all the records. You submit all the records, and things will go away. Let's look at it. If you ever buy a court case, like somebody mentioned filing a court case for 350 or whatever and making yeah. a claim, 
what, what you do is you got, you got you know you get out of your bank and you cash a check for three hundred and fifty dollars and you make your demand. You make a copy of the front and back of it, and you bring a notary into the bank, or you get your bank's notary to, to come up to you at the window, and you say, "Please give me U.S. notes." You know, here is my demand, and the the, the clerk will count out, you know, 100, 200, 300. Here's a 50, and then you, you know you don't touch it, and you tell the uh, you tell the teller to write down the serial numbers of all those notes, mm. and she'll write the serial numbers down on your piece of paper, and then then you get your 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 notary to notarize it that you received these notes with these serial numbers. Then when you go to court, you take that piece of paper in there, and when you buy your court case. You hand them those notes with those serial numbers on it, and then you pay for your court in lawful money. Get it? Yeah, I do, actually. That's pretty, pretty, I mean, you, it takes, really, you have to have kind of a lot of um, hindsight and foresight to be, to be able to get what you're saying. I but, mean, uh, if, if you were to go to court and you pay with Federal Reserve <laughs> notes, you are automatically in the district or its territory, right? Because you, uh, you pay with, with, with their bills. With, with Federal notes. Reserve notes, yes. If you don't, dis- in other words, if you don't discriminate and say, "Hey, wait, these are these exactly. uh, these are uh, U.S. notes." Yeah, if I ever, if I ever have to file a claim, purposes. if I ever file wow. a claim, I'm going in there with my passport evidence from John Kerry, and I'm going in there with a notary who signed my notarized document saying I'm paying the 350 with uh, U.S. notes. And uh, I own that, and they don't own that. Uh, it means I'm outside of their district or territory. And, but, but it's only it, it only really you have standing, and you can hold on to your claim because you have a record of uh, some not- notary presentment that of the the fact. Well, in theory, yes, but you know you got to remember, you know, it only happened to me once. This uh, these tickets, and so if it happens again, I'll call back. I want it to happen two or three times, and I want to, I want to have it dismissed every time, and then I'll know for sure. But I, you know, I submitted some really good paperwork with my passport evidence to try it out, and nobody showed up. That was only one time. Yeah, it was only one time. So you keep doing the same thing in the same municipality, they're going to start showing up. Oh, I I, I let everybody know uh, my my position. So. Uh, I was very vocal about it. Yeah, uh, basically when I went into the uh, arraignment, I didn't mention this, but I went into the arraignment and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't sign in, I wouldn't sign up, I wouldn't contract with them. And, uh, you know, he, you know, called my name and I, I had my little thing worked out, you know, where uh, I didn't claim the name really or I didn't want to contract with them. So he read off the charges and I, I said, I object, you know, I do not, consent to any of the charges, you know, uh, how do those charges apply to me, you know, and uh, he couldn't really go anywhere with it, so uh, he committed me to jail. So uh, he had me arrested right there at the arraignment, and and they took me down to the municipal jail, and, and of course, uh, I wouldn't sign in. Uh, I wouldn't go through their health care check. I wouldn't sign in. I wouldn't sign anything. So the next morning, I went to another arraignment. Uh, second arraignment with a different judge via the video conference in the jail, 
And uh, I said the same thing, you know, that, uh, you know, and I went through the same thing where I didn't want to contract with them. My name is private, you know, and uh, I objected. And uh, the judge didn't say anything. He just said, okay, you're free to go. So I walked out of the video room. And within uh, an hour and a half or so, they let me out. And when they let me out, you know, they, they, they put forth the uh, three tickets and they wanted me to sign the uh, court document that I had to go to court, you know, for the trial, trial by jury date. And uh, I said, I, I can't sign any of that stuff, you know. And uh, so I didn't sign any of that. I didn't make bail, post bail or anything. So, uh, so I did uh, 24 hours in jail uh, for no reason, really. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that, that was part of the whole thing. I hope that didn't happen again. But if it does, so be it. You know, I mean, uh, I'm not going back. I can't go backwards. Well, it sounds like you got a day or two in jail for what they pulled you over for. Uh, you know, 24 hours, yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't sign anything, so I wouldn't agree to pay. You know, the judge wanted me to pay or make a payment plan, and I said, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't contract with the court, you know, as a, as a state citizen. So uh, at that point, I didn't have my evidence. And uh, oh, that's so beautiful. I love hearing you say, I can't contract with the court because I'm a state citizen. That is the cream. Yeah, of the I'm going to say that every time. And uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if it, if it happens again and again and again. They're going to keep hearing it again and again and oh, again. And my, my opinion is that they don't want to deal with me because of the paperwork. It's really good. And it comes from John Kerry. It, you know, it isn't me saying I'm a state citizen. It's the United, it says United States of America, Department of State. It's got the gold seal with John Kerry's signature. And on page two, <laughs> you know, on page two, it's the clerk. I mean, it's a high-ranking high official in the State Department. And I'll read it to you. It says, to whom it may concern, I, Ann Murchison, Chief Record Services Division of the Office of Technical Operations Passport Services Directorate, United States Department of State, certify under penalty of perjury, that as chief of the record services division, I am the custodian of passport files. And she certifies that my passport record uh, consisting of 11 pages is a, is a true origi copy of the original. And she talks about uh, the application and the numbers that I was given. And it spells my name right. And uh, it says, uh, I further state this certification is intended to satisfy the following provisions. Rule 44, Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, Rule 27, Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure, Rule 902, Federal Rules of Evidence, under Title 28, United States Code, annotated. So she's saying, uh, you know, this, this can be used by me in court, and she's certifying it to be true with John Kerry's signature on it. So uh, when I hear that is unrebuttable, a court can never come back and say, no, you're not a state citizen, because John Kerry said so. See what I'm saying? So it isn't me saying that. And I told the cop that. You know, they, they started calling me names, and I said, look, I am a state citizen. I don't care what you guys think. I've got evidence from John Kerry. So they knew it was? Jail. They, they didn't, the, the magic, the thing to make this work is when they just oh my. go at the roadside. That's what well, really... They, yeah, see, the way, well, I look at it, the way I look at it, the cops are the shovels. And, and, and the courts are the meat grinder 
And the cops don't know anything. They just shovel you into the meat grinder of the courts, and the courts walk and trample all over you and cut you up. But, mm. you know, if you're a state citizen, they can't, they can't keep you in the meat grinder. They, they spit you out. And I've got other friends, you know, who have the same status with the same documents. And when they are called in for some kind of a infraction or, or some, something like that, they all get booted out. They get spit out of the meat grinder. Oh, oh my God, I have to tell you this. Okay, so I made a common law ID once following Corey Ives' style, right? Yeah, I'm doing it. Where I did that, and and I actually showed that to cops one time when they stopped me, and they let me go right away. They didn't even question it. They saw the seal on there, <laughs> and they said, you can go. Well, you like show the, the authenticated seal? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did they stop you for? Well, actually, what happened was I was complaining about a bag check policy at a store, right? They wanted me to check in my backpack, and I noticed that they were allowing women to come in with their bags, right? And I was like, well, hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. If I see women over there with their bags, why do I have to give my backpack? I gave them a little hard time, right? So they tried to kick me out. They called the cops on me, okay? And they wanted to kick me out because I was videoing their policy of allowing bags to come in for ladies and not doing it for guys, right? Basically allowing guys to check. Anyway, point being, cops showed up, right? And I was still waiting outside on the on the sidewalk because I I I knew that if that if I I wanted to test this out actually I had the ID. And I figured I'm just gonna use this as ID because I know it's fully back. And uh <laughs> when I did man I couldn't believe the reaction. It was it was amazing. They were basically both pretty much jaw dropped and they knew I, that they could do it. I can guarantee it would have been much different if you had been in a car and been pulled over for something. Just because you were this, in a store and whipped this magic card out, that didn't right. uh, that didn't have much to do with anything. Well, it was not just a magic card because on the on this magic card I represented that I was a California Republic uh, state citizen. That I was from the uh, California Republic Constitution of 1849. Those were the statements that had been apostilled by the Secretary of State. Uh, and also authenticated at the county level. And then, of course, I had the regular notary do it, too, with two common law witnesses alongside. So that was pretty neat. And then because of the fact that those guys work for the District of Columbia, booyakashow, dude. What's your name? Guest seven, man. You're awesome. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've got one of the Corey Ive-style common law IDs that I made before I got the passport, and uh, I've used it it as a second form of ID. Uh, Like, Mm -hmm. a bank will not take that as your primary ID, but you can use it as a secondary ID at a bank. And as evidence to back up what you're saying about those guys being District of Columbia, because I'm gonna, I want to talk to you more about this other ID, this passport card. But to back up what they're saying about them not being uh, from the state and actually being from the district, the, the police officer on their car, right? All of the other vehicles that work for the city and county have the car, uh, you know, uh, have the uh, seal of the city on the side of the car. But these cops, they don't. They don't even have seals on any of their documents. No seals. 
of our, you know, of, that they are actually from and represent city and county of San Francisco, that, that, that entity, that agency, you know what I mean? That municipality. Uh, yeah, it, it's an administrative district. Uh, so basically the way I understand it, uh, from my research and I, I like, uh, Ed, Ed Rivera, uh, he was a former bar attorney. Uh, basically the, you know, in fact, you know, a lot of the police officers are, are contractors now. Where I live, I think 30% of them are now contractors. They're private corporations who contract with the city to provide policing services. But the one, the one who pulled me over was a regular municipal police officer. And, you know, of course, I didn't tell her this, but her jurisdiction is on the city property. And her jurisdiction is also in her police cruiser, but the minute she stepped out of her police cruiser and put those two feet on pavement, she is out of her jurisdiction because the jurisdiction is now on the land, uh, one of the 50 states of the Union, and not on city property. So you know, I didn't tell her this or mention this in the paperwork, but you know she was out of her jurisdiction. And on the notice on my car for jurisdictional purposes, I said, this is private property on state of the Union land with a small F state of the Indian land. And I said, you know, not, not within this state, which you know, means federal territory. So I made, right. I made the territorial distinction in my notice, and she read it, and she still proceeded to, you know, write up a ticket. So she was outside of her scope of authority. So I have a, a pretty good case for filing a claim for damages, which I'm working on, trying to figure out how to do that as a state citizen. And I would do it probably on a one-page document, very short. Okay. Just sticking, sticking with what with what Mark talks about. You're a man, you know. Right. And but, uh, but, a, yo, listen to this. Like the thing is, is that as a as a state citizen, right? You see, some of the states can adopt whatever um, due process, or I mean, whatever of the fundamental rights from the Bill of Rights of the Constitution, those fundamental rights, they can adopt whatever they want. They don't have to adopt everything. In the district, in the district they can, but for a state citizen, they, they can't. A state citizen has access to full Bill of Rights inside of the state constitution. Uh, okay. you know, I, I never use the U.S. Constitution because it doesn't apply to me. I'm not a government oh, employee. Right. I'm not a federal yeah. personnel. I have mm-hmm. no Social Security number. So... I use the state constitution, and it says the people. It says mm. the people have sovereignty. So in all my documents, I, I identify myself as a man, one of the people of my state of the union, and, uh, uh, and it's what I put in my paperwork to the court. And uh, so if I make a claim, it will be the same way. I heard you mention earlier about a state citizen forfeits his right to, for remedies or whatever, and I say the exact opposite is uh, – mm-hmm. If you want to be in the administrative district as, uh, you know, you're, you're an agent and your principal is the United States government, you're running the agency they set up, the avatar, uh, you know, you have no rights, uh, only, only what they give you. It's privileges and immunities that can be given and taken away or ignored in their administrative courts. But as a state citizen, you're a man. You're one of the people. You have the state constitution. All of your Bill of Rights protect you. And you have full access to all of those inside the state constitution. Uh, gotcha. Well, I got I got I got several copies of my state constitution uh, pre Civil War. So find the one 
that is pre-Civil War, because after the Civil War, they, they turned it into the administrative uh, constitution for the administrative state. So if your state has one prior to the Civil War, use that one. Well, let me ask but you remember, this. Is... But remember, you know, you know, they, they have to abide by their own rules, which don't apply to me. So I, I'm walking in with full rights, and they have no rights. They have duties and responsibilities and obligations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those, the primary one, is to protect a man and a man's property and, uh, you know, and give me due process. Now, I had no due process. They trespassed on my liberty of locomotion. They did a warrantless arrest for non-criminal behavior. Uh, you know, they threw me in jail for standing up for my rights uh, because he thought I was a 14-er and I wasn't. Uh, so I've got a lot of stuff, uh, but I would do it in private. And, you know, it's like a tort claim. They even tell you on the website <clears throat> if, if you've been harmed by a police officer, you know, you, you draft up, you know, your claim and you send it into the risk management department of your county. You know, this is over the police department. So I'm working on that. And well, they can either, they have like 30 days to respond or something like that. And uh, they can either accept it and send it over to their insurance carrier and say, hey, pay this guy off. You know, we don't want to go to court, pay this guy damages. Or they can say no and, and, and give you a document saying no. And then you have a controversy that you can take into court. And you're not and do it in the public either. You, you guys ever had any wins with any of this stuff? I mean, I, I've heard this stuff for, I'm going to say, close to 20 years now. Tell me uh, about you know, you, know, you, you, you really aren't going to win as a 14th Amendment citizen. You're going to lose 97.5% of the time. That's not what I said. I want to know what you've done to win some of this stuff to where you got the result you wanted. Uh, you know, I've just been at this for a few months, but uh, I, I had mine, all mine dismissed. And uh, Rich Iverson in California, uh, he had a talk shoe on Angela's call, uh, about three or four. And, uh, and I've heard him privately and on, and on Angela's call. He told me that uh, he had the same thing happen to him, a warrantless arrest for non-criminal behavior. And the cops held him for like about a little bit over an hour, I think it was, and they drove him around and kind of, were threatening to pull over and beat him up. You know, they were like putting him under duress. And uh, they finally drove him back to his car. And, you know, because he kind of talked him, you know, t- told him, you know, who he is and what his position is. So they basically took him back to his car, talked to him for 10 or 20 more minutes, and gave him some tickets and left. He did exactly what I just said. It's where I learned from. He said he filed a claim for damages at the risk management office, you know, in private. And, and they sent it over to the insurance uh, carrier, and they called back, and you know his claim was for ten grand, and they said no three, and he said, well the, you know the, the federal, you know, I, you know I think from his experience was ten ten grand was the federal, I think I think uh, you know standard or whatever for what happened to him, and so they finally agreed after three or four weeks, and he got a, he got a cut a check for ten grand outside the court system. And uh, he's reachable. His uh, website is section520.org, O-R-G. And uh, on Angela's call, you know, over the past year, I think he's been on three times. So, uh, you know, it, you know, I've never known of anybody else who's even tried what he has done. 
because he's a state citizen uh, without a passport. You know, he just canceled all of his contracts and doesn't have any contracts. And, uh, you know, and he, he was the only guy that I know that uh, has been awarded damages outside of court in private. So it's what I'm attempting to do. Well, they don't want this in court. They don't, they don't want this in court at all. Hey, uh, well, they, 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 can't, they can't take a state citizen in court. You know, they, of course, they if you commit a murder, if you commit a, a, a common law, you know, uh, you know, a murder, rape, arson, you know, you know that that's a real crime. Heck yeah, they'll drag you in there. But for these civil infractions and these, you know, things like that, you know, uh, we're no one is harmed. Right, we're no one is harmed. Exactly, exactly. Right. So, uh, Donaldson, I had multiple repeated requests. Can you provide an email address or Skype address? Yes. Uh, my email address is uh, Quantum Flame. Bronson? Yeah, Quantum. Q U A N T U M. Flame. At mail.com. Q U A N T U M. C L A I M. At gmail.com. Right. Okay. Okay, and, and uh, let's listen to this. this. Wait a second. This is the last sentence in 12 U.S.C. 411. They shall be redeemed in lawful money on demand at the Treasury Department of the United States. Now they, that those are Federal Reserve notes, shall be redeemed in lawful money on demand at the Treasury Department of the United States in the city of Washington, District of Columbia, or at any Federal Reserve Bank. Right. So here's the mistake. Here's the mistake. Most people think that making your demand for lawful money means taking a $20 bill and demanding 20 silver coins, and and that that is wrong. What you can do is is make the demand, and they give you Federal Reserve notes, which is U.S. notes. So so look up in the federal law where it talks about U.S. notes. Those are still available, and those are still used. And, and, right. and the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve uh, has nothing to do with U.S. notes. The IRS can't collect on U.S. notes any taxes right. because they didn't create the U.S. notes. It's not their property. Right. Oh, and somebody said about contracts in the chat. Uh, you know, I've I, I canceled all my contracts, including uh, with the uh, postmaster. I have no, uh, and I said on the court documents I sent in. Uh, and I had my name, and I had no address. I said, not a recipient of personal mail, no mailbox, because I canceled that contract. So I canceled everything. Now, how do you get your monthly bills, like uh, for electric or cable? Through email. Okay. Yeah, oh, um, I, I forgot to mention this. I forgot to mention this. Uh, when, when they when they put me in jail for 24 hours, uh, my sister uh, was calling uh, during the day and the following morning, and she was trying to track me and see when she could come pick me up. And when she called in uh, to the to the police office, you know, the, the jailer there where they have all the jail clerks, and she asked them, you know, where is he? What's happening to him? And they they they, they said, well, I'll check on the computer. So they went into the computer and punched in you know, my name, and the woman, my sister said, 
the, the, the police clerk said, well, this is really strange. And my sister says, what? And she says, well, I've never seen these codes before. She says, you know, she says, I, I have no idea. I see his name here, but I have no idea what they're doing to him or where he is because these are, are, these are codes I've never seen. I've been working here 20 years, and I've never seen. And so she goes, she called somebody over and said, come over here. Have you ever seen this? And they came over, and my sister said there were like two or three people talking. And she came back and says, I wish we could give you information, but, you know, we see his name and we see he's here, but we don't recognize any of the code in here. And normally it will say DUI or it will say this or that, and we know, you know, what he's charged with and what they're doing to him and where he's at in the system. But here we don't understand anything. And she says, I've never seen that in my whole, my whole time here. And she laughed. So something about what I did about getting a passport and canceling all the contracts and canceling the mail, you know, there was some, I'm in the system differently. It's what I it's took beautiful. away from that. Guess seven and, is and, awesome. And, <laughs> and, uh, and my sister said, uh, she says, yeah, I see something here about the CID, which is the Criminal Investigation Division, and uh, they're right. running background checks on him. And they, she, so she told my sister that. You know, it looks like I see some CIS, CID, or whatever, you know, codes here, but I've never seen anything like this before. And so everybody else, had to, everybody else was getting bailed out and had to get bonds and bail, and they just let me go. Mm. So well, they didn't, saying, have, they didn't have anything to hold you on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying it's the first time, so I agree with what the previous gentleman said it's the first time, but... You know, I'm sure it'll happen again, but, you know, I, I was traveling down the freeway last week, and a, and a sheriff was right behind me, and he didn't pull me over. Did he have reason to? Well, I, you know, no. I mean, I, I don't have any plates, so uh, that was the reason why I got pulled over the first time. But, you know, I, I kind of want to want to do it a second time to verify Um all yeah, but I don't, I don't know that the sheriff wants to mess with a vehicle with no plate. They're usually higher up the criminal chain. Did you have to get the uh, passport using state ID? Yeah, and, and you remember, uh, you're able to cancel anything. And so uh, what I did, is, of course, I, I provided the birth certificate, and I did provide a driver license. Uh, I, I did not provide a social security number at all. And inside the affidavit, you know, I said, uh, even though I may have been issued a Social Security number or a driver license in the past, uh, this, is, this is not evidence that, I'm a, uh, that I claim to be a 14th Amendment U.S. citizen. So I put that disclaimer in there. I also put in a disclaimer that I do not claim any, any civil rights or any uh, privileges and immunities uh, granted through the 14th Amendment citizenship. So I, I do not claim any of those because if you claim any of those civil rights, then you, you have a duty uh, to pay your taxes, licenses, and exactions uh, that are in 42 U.S.C. 1981, Section 1, I believe it is, if you look that up. It says, you know, it's like a this to that. If they give you civil rights and they're going to protect you under civil rights, well, you know, you've got to pay the VIG. You've got to pay the exactions and licenses and fees for the privilege of having that. Yeah, well, I, 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 mean, claim, I claim those civil rights. 
I claim okay. unalienable, okay. unalienable God-given uh, fundamental rights. About the, the demand for lawful money, when you write on the back of a check, when you deposit, say someone gives me a check for some window cleaning work and, uh, you know, like $200 or whatever, right? I'll just be like, okay, on the back of the check, I'll, right. you know, give my put my quantum claim on there, which is basically my autograph, and then under that put the demand for lawful no, money. No, the, 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 the demand always goes on top. On top. Yeah, it says uh, demand is made for lawful money pursuant to 12... USC section 411, and then you go buy colon, and then you can you can write out your full name. And uh, if you want to look at how to do that, there's a guy online called David Merrill, M E R R I L L, David Merrill, and you go into YouTube and plug in his name on YouTube, and he's got the video about a 30 minute video explaining all that. And I've used that for a couple of years, so I haven't used Federal Reserve notes in a, in a couple of years. And I told the district attorney that. When I called him and talked about the evidence, and, you know, I just mentioned that, you know, uh, I, ma- I make my demand for lawful money and I don't endorse <laughs> private credit. Hey, that's beautiful, so, though. But first of all, who's the host of this show? Uh, Mark. What's Mark. Name? Mark. Hey, hey, Mark. What you said about Title 12, 411, how they're redeemable at the Treasury or any Federal Reserve branch, I right. totally got it. When you said it, it clicked with me. I got right. it. Yeah, Mark, you can, Mark I is mean, very good with that. And, and what you don't know is that anywhere when you cash a check is a Federal Reserve Bank. So a Walmart is a Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, these check cashing places, they're all in the Federal Reserve system. Because Anybody, they're, they're, they're cashing negotiable instruments and right. drafting negotiable instruments. And a, right. a, a bank is merely a, a federal institution. A deposit, it's a depository institution. And it's in the District of Columbia. Exactly. And it's nice to have the convenience, but you have to remember when you're in there, you're stepping into federal territory effectively. You are. you are. Even if you're in Walmart and you go up and use any of their check cashing or money order, well, you know, I use money orders. And, you know, I, I don't use checks anymore. I don't, I don't use any checks or any banks. Uh, I make my demand. I use U.S. notes. And I'll do a money order. Or I'll pay, I'll go to a place and have them pay it for me. Like if you have bills, an electric bill, whatever, you know, I'll pay them and they pay the vendor. Oh, and for electricity, my electricity, uh, you know, was getting too high because it was off contract. So uh, now that I have the passport, uh, you know, I, I've, I've created a new account. And uh, I told her, you know, uh, she says, well, I see that you have an account here in the past, like five or ten years ago, so I'll just you know, sign you up on your old account. And I said, I said well, wait a minute now. I said, uh, you know, I may have given you a Social Security number in the past by mistake, so in this instance, I can no longer do that without committing perjury and perjuring myself. So you know, we're going to create a new account and, uh, without a Social Security number. And she goes, well, I can't do that. I, I've got to have that number. And I said, no, you don't. And I've read the law, so you better get your supervisor on the line if you're not going to help me out. So she goes, well, hey, wait a minute, I'll, I'll go ask him. So two minutes later, she comes back and says, okay, we'll do it for you. She goes, uh, but she says, uh, you know, we don't have any references, so you have to get a reference or else we charge you a $200 security deposit. So I just called my prior provider 
and she drafted a reference letter that I was in good standing for three years, and I faxed that over, and I used my passport card, my USA passport card, and I said on the email, you know, she said, take a picture of the front and back of your passport card, so I did, and I put it inside of an email, and, and I said, this is for application for an account for one of the people of my state, and I said, I'm a state citizen and expressly not a 14th Amendment citizen. Please note this in my account without a Social Security number. And so I attached that to the email. I printed it out, put it in my court of record. You know, so I have that in my court of record. So I got a, a utility account as a state citizen without a Social Security number. And I can do that for, for any of them. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, and you always get a no. But you would have got to realize that you're talking to a clerk, somebody who probably right. makes minimum wage. So you've got to say very politely, well, you know, please send me over to your manager because I'm not sure you understand the law. And the, the higher up you go, like a VP or whatever, uh, they'll just do it for you. We'll get it done right. because, because they're discriminating if they don't. And I always ask, are you trying to discriminate against me for my nationality? And, boy, they get real nervous. Yeah. Yeah, they would. That's interesting. What do you do about a job that wants to, like, say I get a contract with a company, big, like, real estate company, and they want me to give them a Social Security number after working with them for about three or four months, right? You need to ask them why. And yeah, I ask them why, but then they, they tell me, oh, because, you know, the, the IRS, this and that. But my question is, it... it you know, like, I told them that, look, I don't have to give you a social security number. I can still work for you guys. And they were like, well, if you don't give us that information, we're not going to let you work for us anymore. Okay. I, if, if I were you, I probably would have handled that a little bit better. Uh, I kind of learned this on my own as I go. You know, I started this about three years ago, and the post office was really, really uh, not very nice people. They're probably the worst. And, you know, some of these vendors and employers can be the same way. So you got to handle it a little bit nicer and a, a little bit more inquisitive. Instead of telling them, you kind of have to guide them. And uh, I, I wear my state citizenship proudly. And you know what I, how I would have handled that is I would have said, well, look, have you ever heard about the federal law that says you can't discriminate against somebody on the basis of race, color, creed, or nationality? Right, and now it's even sex, you know, your sexual orientation. Have you heard of that? And of course they'll say, yeah. And, well, who, who handles that type of, of claim at your company? And, oh, it's so-and-so. Well, I may need to talk to him after I get through talking to you because what I need to tell you is my citizenship and nationality uh, is such that I can't have a Social Security number. And if you read the Social Security Act uh, of 1935, Section 1101, uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, A and it's the first four sections, uh, it, it only applies to the District of Columbia and Guam, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands. The people of the 50 states were never, uh, you know, eligible for Social Security. So if you pull that and you say, you know, I, I would love to give you a number, but I don't have a number to give, but I have a USA passport and I, I'm, I'm allowed to work, you know, in one of the states of the Union, and I can also work in the District of Columbia, and 
you know, and the Social Security Administration itself says, you know, we can't discriminate and that uh, a Social Security number is not required for anybody to live and work in the United States. And the United States has different meanings, so it applies to all of them. So are you telling me that, that you're going to discriminate against me on the basis of my nationality and, and not hire me if I don't give you a number? Have you read the Taco Bell decision? The, uh, you know, there was a decision Taco Bell had, and, yeah. and uh, there was a young kid there who worked flipping tacos, and he won, and, he won, and they had to pay all of his back wages, you know, because he didn't want to give the number. And so I have a copy of that in my court of records. And I take, I take all my, my records in with me when, I'm, when I have something to do, and I'll start flipping them out on the table. Have you ever read this? Have you ever read this? You know, do you realize you're committing a federal offense if you require a number from a state citizen who is not eligible for it and you deny my opportunity? Yeah, of course, you don't want to scare them to where you're being aggressive to where they don't want to hire you. You're making it sound like, you know, I would love to comply with what you're asking, but I have no such number and I'm not eligible. And here's the laws, uh, you know, who do I talk to? You know, I can, even, I can even draft a letter to the IRS director and have him send me and the employer a letter that I'm not taxable. So the employer can get it from uh, the IRS, and I can get a copy. So, so what I'm telling you, you know, if, if anybody discriminates against you for not having a number, you have a really good case. And you would probably need to go to, uh, uh, you know, a counselor and have him put it together to keep it private. You know, you're not going into a public court. Have him put together a private claim and submit it to the company, and they'll probably settle or hire you or work with you. But there, there's yeah. ways of doing things. And, you know, I don't ever want to go into a public court at all for any reason. Even for claims of damages, I'll never step foot unless they arrest me and drag me in. But then I think they'll spit me out pretty quick. But, uh, you know, um, you know, Mark... Mark is spot on on the vast majority of these issues. I'm just I'm just using a different solution than him. You know, I'm using uh, state citizenship, and a citizen is not a bad word. A capital C citizen is uh, is different than a small C citizen, and the way you position it in music is key. A citizen can mean a member of a family, you know, and a person can mean a father or a daughter. So the term person is not bad. It's which person and which citizen and which state and uh, which United States. There's multiples. And uh, it's what I did with the district attorney. And in my paperwork, I defined it in the passport evidence. I used the case uh, Hoover and Allison versus Evot, 1945 Supreme Court case, which defined the United States has three different meanings. It's also in Black's Law, uh, editions five and six, and they, and they took it out after six because it was being used too much. But uh, so when you start asking, you know, the attorney, well, which United States do you, does the police officer have jurisdiction in? And which are you claiming that I was in? And the original driver's license legislation in my state said it was only for for hire activity offered to the public. So I said, when did it become for hire and not for hire? You know, and, you know, the legislative act could never do both after the fact. 
They would have to cancel the first and redo the whole thing. So show me where it says a license is for for hire and not for hire, and he couldn't answer any of that. And so he said, this is very interesting. I'm sure the judge, the judge will have to decide on this, and this sounds like very interesting. So you better be there. You better be there. And I said, I'll be there. You going to be there? <laughs> it was really funny. So, um, Is that any questions? Anyway, this is the point that we're trying to, to get across to folks. There's more than one way to skin the cat. Exactly. It, and so he picked a different way, but it's still in line with what we're trying to teach people. You don't have to be a federal citizen. You don't want to be a federal citizen. It's the worst thing to be. It is. Yeah, and just you got to remember the hierarchy. I mean, God created man. You know, man created the state government. State government created the federal government. Federal government created the federal citizen in 1868 under the 14th Amendment. When the slaves were free, they had no property rights and no ability to do commerce. So the whole 14th Amendment is to give blacks a status in society where they can buy and sell property and interact because they had no such right. rights. In my opinion, they, they, sh they should have been given state citizenship, but the federal government could not, didn't have the power to tell the states, hey, you've got to make them your citizens. The federal government could not do that, had no power, and the states probably didn't want to do it. And so the federal government created a plantation in D.C. to put them on. And it's kind of sad, right. but, but they, they, they tricked whites and browns and yellows and everybody else to go into the slave plantation in D.C. And... Uh, but it's voluntary, completely voluntary, and you can volunteer out if you know how to do it right. Volunteering out would not necessarily mean, uh, you know, um, try, you know, like kind of leaning against the Jazur uh, government, right? Because I certainly. I mean, I certainly, uh, I kind of like the idea of state citizenship, which is founded upon the principles of the de jure government. Yeah, and what you're going to find out is uh, the, the de jure states are still there. And I think, I, in my opinion, I think all the offices are filled in dual roles. And I found evidence of that in law books uh, where it spells it out. Uh, it doesn't mean that everybody filling those offices knows about it or is aware of it, or has been trained in it, but the top folks do, and I know that, that, that the State Department knows all about it at the top. doesn't mean all their clerks know about it. So, you know, you're going to be dealing with people who don't know anything about this, and that's probably why if you look at the passport, you know, you can't tell on the face of it if the person is a state or a federal citizen. Uh, it's indistinguishable. It's, it's the evidence that you have as a part of your application. So they, 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 they really don't want the people you interact with to know the difference. If I walked in no. with a different color passport as a state citizen and I showed it, people would say, what is that? Where did you get that? I want one of those. You know, what, are your, what are your rights and duties? Oh, it's a lot better. Come on over to my side. Oh, there would be a flood of people to go over to the original side. So the, yeah, I in think my opinion, they, they, they don't want people to know. And so 
Right. But, you know, but it doesn't mean I can't... You, a quick factoid, and I, I mean, just to concur with what you're saying, they fly the flag out here, California Republic, okay? It says California Republic. So state of California is, in those laws, it doesn't really, I, don't, I haven't found anywhere where it actually says California Republic. I'm not certain that uh, all, all of the state, state law, state of, are this, let me, that's a good question for you, guest seven or Mark or anyone really, is the state of, right, the, the true representation of the de jure uh, no. state? No. No. The state, no. The state of California is the administrative federal district, and it was created after the Civil War. You would need to go to your California Constitution, 1849, that Corey Ive talks about and, and accept it. And, you know, what you've got to realize is when they made the, the new state constitution after the Civil War, the state government had no power to do away with the other one uh, because they, they created a new one for an administrative state that runs concurrently alongside of the original state of the Union, the smallest state of the Union. So it runs concurrently beside it. They have no power to cancel it because they didn't create it. The people created it. The people would have to cancel it, but they didn't. So, you know, so, uh, you know, that is what you want to do. Uh, the de jure is still there. A lot of folks don't know. Even the government folks don't know it's there. So, you're, you know, when I go do things, you know, people, you know, it's very difficult. And, you know, uh, you know, you kind of well, – yeah, a lot of times exactly, I'm beating my head against the wall. Exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, it's me too, every day. I'm just like thumping my head against the wall. It's, but um, you got to remember, <laughs> you gotta remember uh, the way it's set up is the federal government can't interfere with private contracts. The highest law in the land is contract. If you contract with me, that's the highest law in the land. The federal government can't come in and do away with what, with what me and you agreed upon. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, so so basically, so when I'm, when I'm going to buy a house, you know, I'm going to sell this one and move closer to some family, and I'm going to pay cash for the house, and it's going to be in private. It's going to be a private document for X amount of silver and other good and valuable consideration, and we'll do a private contract, and I'm not going to register the property. And under the description, it's going to be in meets and bounds land and not lot and, lot and block. Mm. So, you know what I mean? That's a private contract. So are you telling me that if someone goes and gets a county record of a lot and block, and then that, then that puts it in the district? Yeah, I mean, uh, all, all the homes are in the district. And when you went and got a loan, uh, you were the no, one. No, no, it was... You know, it was a different scenario. But what I'm saying is my boy, he basically made an agreement with someone who owns some land to take ownership of the property and then also act as the steward, basically, manager and own the property and then in two years make a payment to the guy for the amount. But the city, I'm sorry, the city of Watertown, right, the municipality came in on some charter law, right, charter laws, on for taxes because they opted out of the state. <laughs> they opted out of the state laws for taxing land. So my boy from out of state, right, he is losing his property. They changed 
his name off the deed already at the county recorder's office because they're trying to take it under the charter. I'm saying that that's basically an overbroad, it's overbroad, you know, it's overbroad regulation because, well, but, but his problem is that he doesn't have a, uh, like you said a second ago, for, for the deed, a meets and bounds one, he has a lot and block one. So that's, yeah, that's but, really but good. There's a whole lot more to it than that, and you're going into a whole other topic that's, the whole topic in and of itself, but, but let me just yeah. end by this. Uh, a state citizen is the only citizen that has a right to buy property, to acquire and, and, and use his own property. A U.S. citizen is, uh, is, is an agent with a principal, so the principal owns it. He gets a loan through the principal, and he's paying the fee for the privilege of using the Federal Reserve note loan. So it's a different status than a state citizen who can pay for it with gold and silver and other good and valuable consideration, including U.S. notes. A state yeah. citizen, in the state constitution, it tells me I have a right to acquire uh, and use my private property in my state constitution. Hey, me, Who's going to argue with that? I, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to place you guys on hold. You guys go on. I'm going to make another. I'm going to bring my friend Darius on board here. I'll be right back. Okay. So what do you guys want to talk about while he's gone? Jelly beans? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what to tell you, but uh, if we start talking about something else, we'll end up drifting off on that topic and we'll get back to his buddy. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, Mark, uh, you know, your website is down. What happened there? Yeah, my server blew up. Oh, no. I got a uh, replacement server, and I tried to work on it. It was used, and that didn't work. And so then I got another one tail end of last week, and I'll get it set up tomorrow or Friday and see if it'll work. It's just frustrating. Oh, Mark, uh, I did, uh, you know, get a birth certificate, and I got the uh, the, – State certification, and I got the State Department certification, so I did that, and uh-huh. I wasn't quite sure what to do with it next. Okay, yeah. You know, I, hey, I know it's not mine, and I, I don't want to use it, but you know, uh, I'm trying okay, to figure yeah. out what to do next. Wait. Did y'all ever figure out anything about that? Well, what are you trying to do? What are you? What are you? Tr- hang on a second, guys. What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, you know, from from KW's standpoint, you know. He said uh, the primary issue with the birth certificate is that it's for a bastard child, a foundling who has unknown parentage. So I'm working on uh, affidavits of parentage for my parents, and I want to go into probate and say, you know, the birth certificate, you know, it's not valid, and uh, show them the affidavit of paternity and uh, give them the copy of the birth certificate with the the two authentications, which is the highest form of evidence, and uh, get them to correct the birth certificate, uh, the way KW mentioned. Okay, so do you have the affidavits from your parents? Uh, I'm, I'm drafting them. I, I'm, 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 you know, looking at how to draft those, and I'm, I've made a stab at it, but it's not complete by any means. Okay, well, so get that done. Get them to sign it, and then uh, file a court case against the state because the state issued it against the registrar. Yeah, yeah, yes, registrar. 
Yeah, and, I, and all I want them to do is open up the record and, and place those into the record and correct it to where I'm not uh, of unknown parentage. Even though I've got a state passport, and I think I might not need to do that uh, because I already have something that, 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 that you know, states I'm not a 14th Amendment citizen, but you know, I still want to tie up all loose ends. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I would contact them when you're ready and say, do you guys want to fix this? Or do you want to see me in court? Okay. Give them the option. Give them the option. And if they yeah, say, from what, from what KW says, the people you know, if you call the registrar's office, those people you talk to won't admit to anything and won't do anything for you. He says you've got to go to probate court, open up a court case, and get the judge to make an order for them to to open it up, put those in there, and fix it, and then give you a new right. birth certificate. That, that's all fine, but give them the option. Okay. So you can state in your court claim that you attempted to resolve it outside of court. That's not an option. Therefore, here's the case. Okay. That's what I would do. Okay, so uh, Donaldson and his guests are back on. That is correct. We are back on. And I uh, introduced my friend Dare, uh, D. Genius. To uh, to everyone, say hi, D. How's everyone? Oh, good, good. He's the guy with the property, but anyways, uh, we were just discussing Darius, D, and I about the the whole United States citizenship thing and debating uh, on the phone about it even before this call. But that's why it's such a cool call to come on to and and to meet Mark and to meet uh, guest seven on the phone and talking about the state citizenship versus United States citizenship. In my view, very enlightening, very insightful. I learned uh, two huge pieces of information, uh, re- one regarding the, the uh, Title 12, 411, and lawful money, and how the Federal Reserve Branch is actually, the, of course, the banks are the Federal Reserve Branches, and that's where you can redeem uh, for lawful money as well which was very good uh, update and up. Uh, well, insight. and uh, what, what I didn't tell you is uh, if you're using Federal Reserve notes, if you have them in your wallet and in your bank account, uh, th- then that means you're a Federal Reserve agent uh, and a bank because uh, in, uh, in that uh, 1933 Federal Reserve Act, uh, it says the only authorized uh, purpose of the Federal Reserve notes is for Federal Reserve banks and Federal Reserve agents. So you can see you're acting in that capacity when you use that. So, it's so do you operate off that. of card? So it, it, it's important to use Section uh, you know, 12 U.S.C. Section 411 because uh, you're, you're going into U.S. notes, which is, which is what the government created and not the Federal Reserve Act. And, and I've even had somebody tell me, uh, I don't know this from experience, but somebody told me if you were to go and get a bank loan, you can put your stamp on there. Uh, when you fill out your bank docs for a loan, you can put demand is made for lawful money. Let's do it to 12 U.S.C. Section 411 and sign it the way I told you. And uh, even though they give you a loan, it'll be U.S. notes. Right. See the dual nature of it? It's like um, what they, yeah, when the they dual nature dually noted. Yeah, dual nature. Mm-hmm. Because it says Federal Reserve note on the top. It also says U.S. dollar. And it has two seals on the $1 note on the left and the right. One is the treasurer of District of Columbia and one's treasurer for the United States and the District of Columbia. Mm. 
Go into what anyway. you mentioned about the state citizenship again uh, and how that would be a le some leverage as opposed to the United States citizenship. Because, again, you said the 14th Amendment, right, was created to give legal personhood to uh, freed slaves in the states, right. right, by the District of Columbia. Is that correct? Correct. So well, how can we use our state citizenship to our advantage? It, say if, if someone wants to come and, uh, you know, at us with a lawsuit uh, and using their, their municipal uh, residency, say. Well, you know, it, it's just uh, there really isn't, uh, you know, a whole lot of advantages in being uh, a state citizen. Uh, you know, you got to understand, uh, you know, you're kind of leaving a lot of privileges and benefits you know, uh, you, you won't ever be, to be able to collect unemployment. Uh, you know, you won't ever be able to, uh, you know, have a lot of, uh, you know, for, for example, Obamacare. You can't use Obamacare, and you can't mm -hmm. use Social Security, and you can't use this and that because it's only for those federal citizens who are actually uh, working for the government. They're federal personnel according to 5 U.S.C. Section 552A. Uh, a something. Uh, it says uh, federal personnel. You know, use those numbers. So, you know, if you're a state citizen, you got to understand that. Uh, you know, the benefit is you have due process, whereas the federal under the federal government, you only have the due process that that they give to you out of their good heart, because you know they pretty much railroad you, and uh, it's because you know you're working at Walmart. Imagine you're a clerk at Walmart. And uh, you're, you're walking into the to the president's uh, tribunal where he has the board there, and they said, "Well, you know, you didn't you didn't stock that shelf right, and uh, you know you didn't you didn't work long enough, and you didn't produce enough." And they call you in, and, and they they railroad you, and say, you know, they give you a punishment. Well, you know, your right. only option is to quit. You got to either take the punishment and live through their due process, and suck it up and try to enjoy it. Your only other option is to leave. And if they had a dress code and, uh, and you didn't work there and you walked in with a beard and, a, and shorts and sandals and, and, and the front door greeter stops you and pushes you up against the wall and, and arrests you for not meeting the dress code, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to immediately say, well, hey, I don't work here. You know, I didn't agree to your stupid code. I'm not one of you. I don't work at Walmart. So uh, that, that's the difference. And, you know, for example, for me getting uh, insurance, you know, uh, I walked into several insurance agents to get insurance on the current home that I have. And uh, the very first thing they all ask is, you have to fill out a form for a credit check and we need your Social Security number. And I said, well, I don't have one. And I showed my passport and my evidence. And, and they said, well, you know, we have to have that. You know, we can't even proceed to the next step. We can't do a credit check. I said, wait a minute now. I'm offering to pay a year of insurance in advance, okay? So I should be asking for your credit, you know, in case you go bankrupt in the, in the year that I have the insurance. So, so where, where, where is your credit rating? It says, well, we don't have to give that to you. And I said, well, I don't have to give mine to you. You know, I don't have one. So, you know, you know, so, you know that's the kind of headache you have because, you know, the home is owned by the federal government. And your loan is made by the federal government, one of their federal institutions. Okay. So you have to Can kind I... of understand. And once you understand that you, you, know, you don't own your bank account, 
you don't own your house or your car, it's all registered over to the government. So once you understand that, as a state citizen, you can start unwinding that and not doing that anymore. You're missing one point, though. You're missing one thing and that, that you haven't mentioned, and that is that for due process, right, almost virtually all of the Bill of Rights guaranteed, right, for, uh, have been uh, basically established by the state constitution. But there are two areas that are not included in, in most of the state constitutions, and that is the right to right uh, grand juries and also trial by jury. Well, trial by jury is in my state constitution, and so is the grand jury. And uh, you know, right. if you'll notice, well, uh, the district attorney, which is a uh, District of Columbia office. He doesn't let anybody get in the grand jury. He has total control over the grand jury, and the jury members are all federal citizens. Okay, so and when you go to court, okay, and this is a question, you know, I didn't really ask the, the attorney, but it was on my agenda. I said, I said, you know, it says a jury trial. I said, you know, how long will it take you to get twelve state citizens on the jury? Uh oh. You know, because everybody who goes to court as a as a jury. To get drawn from the pool, it's a requirement to be a federal U.S. citizen with a driver's license and a voter registration. I have none of that. Okay, so you're going you're to try me in a foreign court with foreign people, and, and they won't be able to do that. Wow. So, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about that. And just because you don't see something in your state constitution doesn't mean you don't have a right to it. Your rights are unalienable and unlimited. They just drafted a few to give you an idea of what they were talking about. It's not a, it's not a, here's a list of 10 things and there is no other. No, I mean, it's unlimited. And, you know, the way I live my life is, uh, you know, do no harm, you know, don't harm any man or woman or their property. And, uh, and uh, always go to your brother first in private and try to settle before you take him into a public court. So I think people are too concerned about going into a public court when they don't understand. That's a last resort. And even in the Bible, it says stay out of the court. It's not for you. Uh, it's not based on law. It's based on statutes and codes written by men, written by legal fiction. It's, it's, it's legal land, fiction land. So, you know, you don't have to be there. So I can, I can really think of no... Uh, reason why I need to be there. Um, Mark, what what's up? I mean, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Um, what? I don't, I don't understand what, what's, what's that? I want to hear. I would like to hear what you have to say on this subject. Uh, you know, about the courts. Well, the courts was. See, the thing is, is like, yeah, like anything about the courts regard and regarding citizenship status and coming into, say, like maybe federal uh, or or or, or state court. You know, which one do you, you know, what's what? How can I? How can we get some leverage there with the state state claim in 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 a state court over some sort of like federal bureaucracy? How can you get a state claim over a federal bureaucracy? Yeah, and there are two different jurisdictions. 
So you can't be sued by them. Right. It's like bringing uh, Spain is giving me problems, so I'm going to bring them into Ohio court. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, what are you thinking? That doesn't make sense. Exactly. And, and what, what people don't realize about state citizenship is, I heard you're in California, or you mentioned California. Well, you know, uh, if Oregon sends you a tax bill or if Oregon sends you notice that you have to do this or that, you know, do you have to do anything yeah. Oregon? You know, if, if Mexico sends you a traffic ticket summons or, you know, it's like, what? You know, so uh, everything is foreign. All the 50 states are foreign to each other, and they're all foreign right. to the District of Columbia. Right. So why on earth would you be concerned about, you know, the District of Columbia was was founded for a couple of purposes, to protect the borders, and if the states had a fight over something, to step in as a referee and help iron out things, and for limited things, you know, an army and a navy and such. And, they, you know, and they started acquiring other municipalities like Guam, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, which they have full plenary power over. But they, they have very limited power over the original 50 states of the Union. Uh, they really can't do anything to the Wait, no. No, they, they, they do unless you follow Contract. their paperwork and you say, I live in Washington, D.C., in the U.S. District State of Ohio, correct. and blah, blah, blah. Correct. And Mark is totally correct. If you look at the application for your state driver license, I got a copy of mine, and uh, it says at the very end, you know, uh, where, where you sign, it says... I agree that I am the person stated herein, you know, and uh, that, that would be the birth certificate person that they created in the, in the 14th Amendment. And uh, it, it says you're a citizen of the United States and that you're a resident all over that form. And all the forms of ID they're asking for are all federal ID. And so if you do right. any of that, if you comply with any of that, you contracted, but only within that transportation code. So you, you can make that argument that it's only pertaining to that privilege and not for this other thing over here that I did not agree to. But they're going to use that against you in a court of law. Uh, If you look at Ed and Elaine Brown in their IRS tax case in New Hampshire, the uh, attorney brought in their driver's license and their passports and put them up on the screen in the trial and says, so, Mrs. Brown, you expect me to believe on these applications, you said that you were a resident and a citizen of the United States, but for tax purposes, you're saying that, that you are not a resident and a U.S. citizen. Is that correct? Is that your position? And, boy, he nailed her right then and there, you know, uh, for IRS right. purposes. So she took the privileges. She held the position of, of the office of the person, and she got thrown in jail, and so did he. And, How do you deal with uh, fixing, the, fixing the record if you've done that for so long and then you finally woke up and said, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm making the wrong claim here. How do I fix that? You know? Yeah, you've got to rescind your contract for, for constructive fraud. Right. Because, you know, what they didn't tell you, they didn't, they didn't give you all the knowledge. They didn't give you all the facts. It was a commercial contract. If you're a cab driver or a truck driver or you're engaging in commerce within this state, which is a federal zone, then you need that. But nobody explained that. So you can get out of that for constructive fraud. And, uh, you know, so you draft up, you know, uh, your three or four-page document and notarize it or get two witnesses and and, uh, and tell them you're rescinding it for that reason. 
and and give them say, hey, if you rebut this, rebut every point in here, and get it back to me within 30 days. Another another way of describing that document is what I used was called a revocation of signature for good cause. That's the same thing, whatever. It's the same thing, yeah. It's it's still the same same thing. thing. So all all your contracts are usually one-party contracts. So is it really a contract? Was there a meeting of the minds? Was all the information shared? Well, I haven't had any that were that way, so I canceled everything. All I have right. is a USA passport and a passport card and the evidence. See, a fact, a fact is a thing done, so you've got to create facts. When you go to court, you can say this or that, whatever you want, but it, it, you, know, you better have the evidence to back it up. And, and I tell everybody, well, I'm not making that claim. John Kerry's making that claim. Here's his document. And I put it on, I'll slap it down on the table. I'm a state citizen, damn it. So, you know, you have to kind of learn this and live it, you know. And uh, I learned from some people who, you know, one of the guys I learned from has had a uh, state citizen for 15 years. And uh, he hasn't had any, any issues at all. Right. You can do it, but you have to have some knowledge behind you before you start. Yeah. Yeah, so if this is a new topic to you, you better start researching. Uh, You know, there's plenty of great audios and there's plenty of people that you can learn from, but then hit the books when they tell you, you know, you need to go read the uh, Title VIII, which is uh, Citizenship and Nationality, and uh, Section Eight. Uh, 8 U.S.C. 1101 A21 is uh, is where the uh, national is. A national is one who owes allegiance to a state, a small s state. Uh, and then in, in, in A22, the very next one, it says a national of the United States is a U.S. citizen, a 14th Amendment U.S. citizen, which is a federal citizen and a resident. So 22 is the federal citizen, and 21 is the state citizen. So it's 8 U.S.C. 1101 A21, and that is in the uh, Immigration and Nationality Act of 1954, I want to say. It's in the 50s, so 54 or 52, and uh, it's in uh, Section 1101, excuse me, Section 101 in that act, Section 101, and it's A21. You can download that off the Internet. It's like, you know You're so smart uh, because, you know, when I listen to you, it's like I'm going over my my entire like last like four years of research in a quick on on a phone call. It's like you have a memory like an off. I think. Well, I drafted all my own documents and I've read everything. I've read the uh, State Department. There's a guide for their own employees, and I don't know twenty thirty pages. You can download that. And uh, I went and looked at all the passports. Uh, you can see copies of passports through the years. And I, I've seen some from the founding of our country, like in the 1800s and on through. And there was different statuses right then and there. And, uh, you know, some said a private citizen and some said other things. And some said a citizen of a state. Some yeah. said a citizen of the United States. And I know it's in the past... Oh, that's my bad. Sorry. I know in the past, a state citizen passport was even a different color, and it was a different 
passport, and they kind of blended them together because people left that state citizenship after it left the states. The, the states were the ones who were doing their own passports until the federal government took over after the Civil War, I think it was. The federal government took that responsibility, but they can't cancel uh, their liability. You know, they have a duty to give a passport. You know, um, you know, my, my family goes back here to the 1600s and 1700s, so uh, they, they can't deprive me of a state citizen passport. Uh, but you know, if you're from India, if you're from India and you come over here, it's a privilege for you to be here. And you come over on a boat, so your only option is a U.S. citizen uh, in the District of Columbia. Let me, I mean? let me, let me, yeah, that's true, and that's why they're getting a lot of these people here. You know, now they're just basically going to have all these 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 votes. Right, and what they're doing right? is all but, those but, all but, those but, undocumented yeah. people. <laughs> that was just an aside, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, all those undocumented people are coming in as U.S. citizens, and they're all going to be operating the agency that Mark talks about. And the government is going to, when they start acquiring property and registering it over, they get to you know uh, you know securitize that. And, and Mark has gone over all that process in the past. And so that, that is why they're doing it. They, they want as many, you know, because a lot of the state citizens are leaving, going back to state citizenship. I know, I know a lot of guys doing that. Mm. Interesting. So at some point, they're, you know, I don't know if they're going to stop it or not stop doing that or whatever. So I wouldn't count on that always being the okay. case. Can I, I mean, ask who you knows? A I mean, we're, we're going into territory that I'm not sure what, how, it, how it's going to all play out. Here's a here's a question for you on a on on a my a subject it's different. My friend, he needs help. I need help with his situation as well. I'd like to see remedy. Uh, but we want to, We would like to. I guess we do. We have to exhaust any type of administrative remedy that, um, when it comes to addressing the those actions of the municipalities which would steal those. Uh, properties of ours, and then like not only that, but like, and, do you know like, uh, do which court? Uh, is it state court, federal, or district court? The appropriate one. I'm sure not the district court. I'm sure probably federal, not not federal, because you have to do appeals when you're doing federal. And and so, it, it's interesting. I think state court. That's my. That's what I could surmise from my deduction. What do you think? for a claim to try to, like, remedy a state tax issue? Uh, if, there's, if there's some kind of a, a state government, and, and granted, I'm not an attorney. I'm not in the District of Columbia. I can't even hire an attorney because I, I'm not eligible to hire an attorney. I'm not in that zone, okay? So I'm not one, and I don't pretend to be one. So from my experience, just my knowledge, you know, uh, you know, there's a reason why they're coming after you because there's some kind of document you filed or something you've done wrong, you know, you're misrepresenting yourself to be something you're not. And so, you know, they probably have a right to do what they're doing because you've messed up and, and you're, you're incompetent. You're a ward of the state. You've, you've always been a ward of the state until you corrected everything. So, you know, really, you know, take that attitude is, you know, it's look in the mirror. You know, it's probably your fault. So why would you want to take them in the state court if they're doing the right thing and you're on the wrong end? What you need to do is go sit down in front of as high as you can get in that agency privately, send them a letter, 
talk to them on the phone or go in and meet with them and try to correct. You know, they're not going to tell you. They're not going to say, oh, hey, just fill out this form and we'll leave you alone. Now, you've got to go read the law. And if it has anything to do with uh, a state tax, look in the revenue code of your state. Like in California, y'all probably started having a revenue code in the 1850s, maybe, around that range. It's your first revenue code. And the state can only tax commercial entities. You know, uh, if they're taxing your home and your home is not commercial, well, then, you know, you can correct it and say it's a private home, it's, it's a dwelling, you know, where I live and put my head down at night. It's not a commercial thing. Well, you've got to correct that because when, when, if you bought that property or home, uh, I looked on my mortgage and it had my name on it and it said, uh, it said uh, a single person. So we had a person. And then, of course, it may have had a social security number on it or, you know, it may have identified the property with the identification, including a lot and block, which was in the District of Columbia or its territory. So they, uh, you involved yourself in a process and you signed off on it as all being true. And it even says in there that, that you know, that you agree that, that you've consulted counsel and that you agree to all these terms and it's been explained to you. I had that in mind, you know, because I didn't go and have anybody explain it to me. So it's my fault. So, you know, if you want to be fair, Inequitable, you know, you know, realize that, you, that you, know, you probably made some errors and not them. And they're probably doing a lawful process and you're not. So uh, you either sell that property and do it the right way after you've had a, a state citizenship or you pay the tax now and then keep working on it and maybe get it corrected the next year. But, you know, you, you got you to you know, do things the right way and be in honor. And... Uh, Always try to be honorable. If somebody comes to me with a claim, say, you know, I'd like a verified claim on what you're saying there, and I'll take a look at it and, uh, and settle up with you. you know, so that's the kind of attitude you need to have. And, you know, if they're not going to tell you the way out, you've got to go read your state's revenue code. How is your state getting its revenue? Where does it say that you get the revenue from? It's always, uh, you know, it's going to be commercial. Kind of like your car is not commercial, but you agreed that it was when you bought it and you registered it over as commercial property. Same with your house. Same with your bank account. It says on your bank agreement you're a U.S. person. Uh, you're a U.S. individual, which is a U.S. citizen. Individual is a U.S. citizen. It says you agreed to all of uh, uh, Title 26, you know, which is the, tax, the IRS tax code. It says you agree to all that and you agree to comply with all that. And then towards the bottom of your contract, it says, you agree not to take us to court. You agree to have a private arbiter of our choice on any disputes. So you can't take your bank to a court. You've got to go to a private arbitrator because you've already signed off on that. So see, you, you, know, you didn't read the fine print. So, you know, without going into, into details, I would just, uh, you know, learn what you've got to learn for what your problem is. And you're going to look in the mirror and uh, you're, you're going to have to correct that yourself. There's nobody out there that, from the government that's going to help you. I noticed a lot of syntax errors in their documents. Uh, regard, you know, and when you're doing lawyering, uh, I think syntax is, is extremely important. I mean, I think that they teach first-year law students the value of syntax, but generally lawyers probably forget that kind of simplicity. 
simplistic, uh, you know, stuff uh, like we always do. Actually, we were taught that in the third grade. I think a lot of people could probably succeed on a grammar claim if if we just could remember, you know, the basics of of, of modification of of the, of the nouns and stuff like that. And I'm not propagating any other man's remedy or like type of uh, thing that they may have come up with to, you know, website or anything like that. I sincerely, I've looked, I've done my own research regarding logical language formats, and and in doing so, have discovered basically what I'd learned when I was in the third grade that that I already had. A, a comprehension of what was going on. So, do you think there's any merit to to claims against types of citizenship, right? Uh, that have the basis of a gr- grammatical correction and wanting them to be correct. I'm not, I'm not sure I understand. Uh, you know, if that's even a valid question. It's pretty easy to correct your. Your, your citizenship, uh, you know, if you were born in one of the 50 states, and, of course, if your parents were born here, uh, you know, you don't have to be a federal citizen. You know, you volunteered in, you can get yourself out. And uh, you fill out their application the correct way, and you fill out your uh, explanatory Well, what I'm saying is, I remember you said that contract was basically the highest law here yeah. on this land, right? So Contract if, is if law, that, law is contract, yeah. If, and if, okay, so if that's true then what that means is that I don't have to agree, right, to the meaning of a word on a piece of paper unless I want to agree as part of the contract. Well, what you would need to do is find a reason to rescind that contract for good cause, and usually it's because, you know, on the driver license, you know, nobody told me it was for commercial use only when I was 15 years old, and, you know, nobody said I... Yeah, it was for commercial purposes, and you know, I didn't understand these terms here: drive and operator and carrier, and you know. So yeah, you have a grounds for getting out of the contract, and if you want to recontract, then you can go in and define your terms and negotiate with them and all that. But they're not going to really negotiate and say, you know, if you're a driver, it's for commercial purposes. You're not going to go in there and define driver in some other way uh, because there's a legislative bill there, and uh, you know, so you either are or you're not. It's like, you know, do you want to be a doctor or do you not want to be a doctor? You can't go in there and negotiate your Hippocratic oath or something else. They're going to say, get lost, you know, go join some other profession. So, you know, you, you got to understand how to how to contract. And I like to use common man language like Mark, you know, is famous for uh, make it simple and short, uh, Carl Lentz style. Contract in claim. Exactly. And, and Tom exactly. Carl is a caveman. I mean, Mark, Mark, the main reason why I was listening, listening to Mark is he knows Carl Lentz and he knows some common law and keep it simple, stupid. You know, don't talk like an attorney if you're not. Attorneys are in a, are in a private bar association, and uh, if you enter into a contract that they're in, you know, they're going to trick you and deceive you and get the better of you. It's best that you don't contract in that zone and do your own contract like a caveman would. You know, mm-hmm. if I bought a car from you, I am buying this car, not seen, 99 Chevy truck for, you know, 10 ounces of silver and other good and valuable consideration. And the you know, buyer and seller, the buyer is John Doe and the seller is Henry Smith. And put the date 
have two witnesses sign that sucker up, and it's a private contract that can't be violated. You had an agreement of the mines. You both signed off. You both agreed. You made an exchange. It's a valid contract. But, you know, you, know, you don't have to register that with anybody. Why would you want to go register that into a commercial zone if you're not doing commerce? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, so that's the point that I bring up earlier with Darius. When when he Darius, when you did your property and you you had it as a deed, and with, it was not with meets and bounds, it was with lots and 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 blocks. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have that knowledge when I first bought my home. Yeah, so I bought it all wrong. See that you registered your property incorrectly, Darius, and that's why they came in with their municipal charter law. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee you, your your property is in the District of Columbia. Uh, it's got a, it's got a, you know, the description is within the District of Columbia and not on the land of one of the fifty states of the union. The appraisers used to do uh, a land survey on the land, and now this whole lot and block, you know, like in in Texas, it's out in the ocean. You know, all all the descriptors are out in the ocean. It's on the water. It's not even on the land. So, you know, you've got to correct those kind of things. And don't register. Uh, there, there is no law. I know a guy who checked in California, and, and he told me there is no law that says you must register your home with the county. All right. So my thing, though, is if the land was conveyed to me, to me, right, and they're trying to come in with a claim saying that it's this due to you know, a tax, right? Even though, like, I can still correct that the land was conveyed to me, even though the deed might have had an error. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I, I don't know your particular case, and I'm not really an attorney, and uh, I have not done a lot with property, so I'm probably not the right guy to ask. But I can tell you what I've studied, if it's a some kind of a property tax. It's a commercial tax. It's going to be under your your revenue code of your state from the 1850s probably. And uh, so whoever bought or conveyed the property conveyed it within the District of Columbia. So they they probably have every right to do what they're doing. It's up to you to keep it out of the uh, correct. State. Yes. Yes. Darius, he's saying that if you would have instead of letting your your deed sit in the county record for months just the way it was, if you would have corrected it on your own and, and, and instead of offering the registration as a lots and blocks, what you offered meets and bounds instead, that means you would have you would have really laid claim to your property, right, in, in, a, in a more uh, tangible uh, way? Yeah, and I, I, would, I, wouldn't register it. I wouldn't register it with any county at all. You know, you keep that for yourself, and if anybody makes a claim, then you can bring it out and show it. Oh, so should he have pulled it? like my passport evidence. I'm not filing my passport evidence into any public record. If anybody comes at me, uh, I'd go to them personally as a man-on-man and say, here is my evidence of my state citizenship. You know, please provide your verified claim against me and explain what jurisdiction and what person you're after. And, and from what I hear, they go away. Here's, here's the small piece that you need to know. Uh, D lives in Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts. 
he bought property in New York, and and he lives in Boston. So the New York local code, which opts out of state law, tax law, is what is being used and applied to this procedure. And they're doing it for the betterment of their residents because the Watertown is who actually purchased it. Not only did they sell it in 2013 because of a redemption period, but what they did was they bought it two years later. So they're market participants. Now, how would you yeah, deal with that? It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of off the topic for me. So I'm not and bought. Hold on, Darius. What, what, what's that? It's kind of off topic for me. I'm, I'm no expert in that area. Uh, what I do know is a state citizen can buy property and keep it in private and have rights to acquire and use property. I'm not so sure a 14th Amendment citizen who has contracted in all the wrong ways has a legitimate foot to stand on. It's kind of what I'm saying. So you have to okay. tread lightly and, and, not, and not go somewhere where you're the guy doing the wrong. I mean, I'd be, I'd be very careful about that. I think Darius, he's basically saying we got to be careful and do some correcting. Yeah, and the first step is the state citizen passport. And once you get that, you can start correcting all the facts, which is evidence, and start creating evidence of your own citizenship. And uh, then, then you acquire property the right way in private between a man and another man. I'm sorry. And did you say state citizen, state citizen passport? Right. When you get your passport, you're getting it as a state citizen through your evidence, through oh, your okay. explanatory statement. You're making You've a declaration never... that, hey, I'm expressly not a 14th Amendment citizen. Yeah. I'm a citizen of one of the 50 states. One of the United. states. Hey, yeah. Darius, remember when I was saying using the, uh, the passport would be more powerful? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now he's even saying that that's the truth. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a passport case from the 1800s that says the highest and best evidence that can be used in the court. What's that? What year? It's in the 1800s, and uh, I think it's like uh, it, it, it's a foreigner name. It's like Darby versus Eddie something, E-T-I something or other. I, I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, I've mentioned it on a previous call, I think. But uh, basically, you know, the case is a, a passport has a dual function. It's, a, it's an ex parte certificate that you can use to go from point A to point B in a different country. But it's also the evidence you submit to get the passport is the highest evidence that can be used in a court of law on your citizenship and nationality. So there's your chance to correct the record. And Excellent. mine was mine was signed off by John Kerry. And I got a certification <laughs> from the State Department. So I can take that into any court or if any agency thinks I'm one of the federal citizens and comes after me, I, I can submit a copy of that and say, no, I'm not, you know, and here's the evidence. And, uh, you know, they, they can't pursue you if you're not in their jurisdiction. It's a jurisdictional thing. But I still feel like some reason, something once, I've been studying constitutional law pretty heavily and, and looking at some bar review books. And, and, and what I've read is that the state has, uh, can opt out of certain non-fundamental uh, right. Okay, I've, I've never heard about that. So, but you know, you have to understand that you know the government, uh, the federal government, is very limited in the 50 states of the union, and 
You know, the people within your state are working for the federal government, the federal state of California. They're not working for California state. Uh, very few of them are, and there's very few laws. The laws are don't harm anybody on their, on their body or their contracts or their property. So I live by that. Gotcha. If, I contract, if I contract with them, I've got to abide by the contract. This contract is law, law is contract. Well, I haven't contracted yeah. with my state on anything. So that, that leads me to this then, Darius. Going, going to the DMV to get my uh, state ID, but using the autograph in quantum, making the quantum claim, and then going and getting my passport and also autographing that in quantum, and, and ultimately that's, that's going to basically do the reassignment for the jurisdiction. Right there. I, I probably wouldn't. You know, your your state ID is a federal ID. It's state of California, which is a federal ID. So I would skip that. If, if you already have a driver license, just use what you currently have with a birth certificate to get your passport. And then after you get the passport, uh, and you get oh, the I don't. Then, I don't. Okay. I don't have state ID. I haven't had it for five years. But the reason, the whole thing is that. I will get my birth certificate again once I get my state ID card, but I'm going to sign or autograph using quantum grammar, not to throw that uh, word out there, those words out there, but, you know, the idea is that I comprehend how syntax is being used and how, how the modification works. And so because I may be a rare rarity, I, I'm going to do it. I know I have the knowledge. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then when it comes to legal claims, because my identification and autograph that I have used on there is written with those. And I'll be doing the affidavit that you had submitted also with it. I don't know. How did you – so who did you submit your affidavit to? Because i got to make a claim, and i I got to send it to the right people. Yeah, you, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend doing it without somebody who's done it before helping you. And you can go into you, YouTube and probably type in something like state citizen uh, or whatever uh, or go into Google and Google. And, and there's people who have done it, you know, who help people for a fee. But if you, do, if you try to do it on your own, you're going to have a tough time getting it done because there's a certain way you got to do it. you got to no, give the IRS you? notice, that, you know, when you read you the passport your, application. Okay. okay. When you read the passport application, it mentions uh, having to send the IRS notice, uh, you know, because you're not using a Social Security number. So th th there's all kind of little little things that you've got to do uh, and do it right, or else you're, you're going to ruin it. One little thing, you're going to kick it out and say, no, we won't issue you a passport, or no, we will only give it to you as a 14th Amendment U.S. citizen. And you know, even even when I did it, the first time I got rejected. The second time, they came back with a letter testing me saying, we will issue you a passport as a 14th Amendment citizen because every person born in the United States, you know, is a U.S. citizen. And so I had to write back and rebut it and say, no, you know, I'm not a 14th Amendment U.S. citizen. I'm a state citizen. And uh, so you have, you have to rebut it. And I had to do a second uh, rebuttal in order to get it. The passport approved. It took six months. So I'm telling you, it's not an easy thing. They, they, they don't want people getting it for obvious you, reasons. But let me ask uh, you, do you know, I'm not trying to propagate my own thing here, but I want to combine what you know with what I know in, in a process. 
And and do you have you have you? That's what I'm going for. That's why I'm I'm really interested in what you're saying. Do you know anything about quantum, or about syntax, or about the the value of sentence structure? With it, when it comes to legal writing, not art, not not like you know poetry or any of that those book writing things or articles. None of no, that. No, I, I you know I, I'm a man. I'm a simple man. I I try to use. Uh, you know, uh, I, I use what I know to get out, and now I stay like a caveman. So, uh, you know, I've heard of quantum language, and I know I know what you're talking about, but I don't know a lot about it now. Okay. Well, well, my goal is to do, like I said, I'm going to go down to the to the DMV and get ID for the first time in a long time, and and just talking to you has been so uplifting and uh, and kind of inspirational because I'm feeling like. I'm realizing kind of what you're saying, how, and we were just discovering the other day how the district court in Massachusetts, there's two district courts. They got the federal district, and then they got the Massachusetts district courts. And I was like, why do they have that? And remember, Darius, I was like, I think that's for the District of Columbia. And now here we are on a phone call. Sorry about that. Well, it, 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 doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean a man or a state citizen can't go into a federal district court and file a claim. You know, you're doing it as a man, and it'll be under their admiralty law, under the common law. You know, if you look at, like, 1789, uh, you, know, uh, you, know, you know, you can access the common law through their admiralty courts if you're a man and you go in there in the right capacity. So I've never done it, but uh, I know people who have. And remember, a man can still make a claim against another man, and you can do it in a federal court. Carl Lentz talks about it, and Mark talks about it, but, you know, you better not be going in there uh, with codes, statutes and codes and stuff. You know what I mean? You know, a, a state citizen and a man would never go in there using statutes and codes. You know, Wait, you're able to hold them. Again. You said what? Yeah, you, know, I, you know, if you talk to Mark, I mean, you know, a man doesn't need to quote statutes and codes to go in there on a claim. If you do it, I think you're, you're doing yourself injustice. For one, those are private, uh, copyrighted uh, statutes and codes, and you have to be a member of a law society to even use it. So, uh, you know, I would stay away from using statutes and codes. You know, if I were to use something, you can use the legislative bill. You know, that's why I quoted the Social Security Act of 1935, and you can quote your state constitution and public laws, but don't go quoting... Wait, 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 wait. When you say public law, do you mean United States public law or state law? Uh, well, well, both. You know, for example, uh, all four organic documents are still available to be used. You know, the Declaration of Independence, uh, the First Constitution, the Articles of Confederation are still uh, are still usable. It's in uh, USC one, the very first USC book all four organic laws, the Articles of Confederation were never, uh, you know, it was never, uh, what do you call it, uh, done away with. It's never rescinded. It's never rescinded. It's still there. So the states of the Union, under the Articles of the, of the Confederation, are still there. It was never done away with. Same way with all the state constitutions. The state, you know, the Constitution of California 1849 is still there. They made a new what? one. Yeah, they made no a new one in, in, in the 1870s <laughs> for the administrative yeah. district. The, the administrative district runs concurrently inside of the State of the Union of 1849. 
Hmm. That if you look at Corey I, Ive, I, Corey yeah, Ive, EIB, has a video, <laughs> uh, YouTube video. He talks about that kind of thing in California. Um, I found the, the Constitution in my state that was pre-Civil War, and uh, it's much different and much simpler to use, and, and it was never done away with. What about Boston? Because, because one is a state of the union, and the other is an administrative district within that state of the union. So how could you do away with the first? It runs concurrently. Right. And so you can use the organic laws of the country was founded on. You can use, uh, you can reference a, a public law like the Federal Reserve Act of 1933, or the Social. Okay. You know, you can, you can reference those. Huh? Uh, it's not for you, really. It's for the government. But is it for the, know, law if the government? If the, if the government comes after you and is making a mistake, you can use that to point out uh, how they're doing it wrong and how. Okay. You know, can I, can I have, you. Hold on one second, please. When you say statutes, don't use statutes and codes. And you say use public, I could use public law now. And you're talking about congressional acts here. That's a the, statute. Yeah, yeah, the, the statute legislative bill. Yeah, the legislative bills you can use, or the you know, you know, you, know, you, can, or you can use you know because the bills are in the statutes. So, so what exactly then do you mean when you say don't use statutes? Uh, you know, I, I would rather use the public law. You know, go and get the public law itself and know the code. And you can also reference the statute and say, you know, as codified in the, in the statutes at large in section, page number such and such. But I would never use the U.S. Code or the CFR as pertaining to you. You know, you yeah, can use the same, like you, you violated your own law, but, you know, you aren't using it for your purposes. Okay. But you can use public law, right? Statutes that are made by the United States Corporation. Yeah, for example, uh, you know, I mentioned, okay. uh, eight, I mentioned 8 U.S.C. 1101-821 is the definition for a national, but that's a U.S. code. So I, I would rather not use the U.S. code because it's private copyrighted law. You know, I would need to get approval to use it. But you can go use the legislative bill, the first bill that created it, which is the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952 or 1954, which is the legislative bill that Congress wrote. And then the Law Society takes that bill and, and turns it into codes and codes of federal regulation and all that's private copyrighted crap. Well, you hear what he's saying? I can't believe what I'm hearing, man. This is it's putting everything together. <laughs> yeah. So as a state citizen, uh, I'm not a federal citizen, so I never use federal stuff for anything that is applicable to me. I use a state constitution, which okay. guarantees me uh, unalienable God-given rights as one of the people. It's for the people. The other stuff is for the persons in the District of Columbia. And if you look at, at Texas v. White, Texas versus White, W-H-I-T-E, I think that's in the 1800s. And it'll explain the definitions, the differences between a small S state and a capital S state, the two different states. One has people and uh, law and a border, and the other is person and territory with codes and such. So Texas T. White is a pretty good case to have. 
Okay. How, can you uh, tell me something about the word dually? Does, can you use the word dually and, 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 and give kind of like, does that, when something has been duly noted, does that mean that it's been recognized on some state and then like federal level both or like some uh, civil you know, you, common you, law level? You, you could probably answer that better than I could. You know, I only know what I study and I haven't really studied that word. What do you, what's your main, what's your main area of study? Well, I uh, just, you know, I kind of uh, got woken up in the whole traffic driver license scam, and when I learned that, I learned how they misused words and did compound definitions, and they hit the compound definitions. I, I cut my teeth on that, and then I went to the IRS code, and then I realized that was a scam, and then I realized, you know, hey, there's two different citizenships here, and when I found that out is when I realized I better go get my passport as a state citizen. And then after doing that, you know, I, I corrected and canceled every contract that I had, including the bank and the mailbox and uh, everything, Social Security, everything. But do you have a mailbox now? No. Well, I, personally, I don't, no. I don't have a per – it's personal mail and a personal bank account. So I do not have personal mail or a personal bank account. You, okay, you say you don't, but actually your person does have one, right? And you 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 use your person, right? No, no, I, I, I don't use the person. I don't have personal mail or a personal mailbox. Now, it doesn't mean I can't go out and create a person that I create because the, the creator has control of his creation. So if I use something the state creates, the state has control. If I create a person and use it, I have control over it. So Mark, Mark went out and created, I think he has an LLC or something of that nature, a corporation or whatever. So he created uh, a person. Yeah, I got so a corporation. So what I think for peonage, I mean, that's a, that's, you can't just give me a, a corporation a fiction name when I'm born and then stick me with it and then I owe you a debt. That's, that's like a form Remember, of they, they, they really aren't sticking you with it. It's like a monopoly board. They gave you access to a monopoly board and you're the one who took the top off. You took out the board. Uh, you, you know, you're using the, the shoe or the car or the dog that they created. You're using it to travel around their monopoly board. They, they own the money and they're the bank with the colored money and they created your avatar and you're running around using it without your knowledge. So when you wake up, you, 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 you put the board back in the box and you walk away from it, and you create your own shoe or your own car. Uh, you, know, you can create a trust, your own common-law trust. Uh, you, know, you can create a 508 C1A. Uh, you know, Mark did a corporation. Yeah, but are, are, let me, are the corporate laws you're referring to, are those um, public law? Uh, Mark could probably answer that better than what, I could. What, what are you asking? I asked him if the corporate law he was just referring to was public law. If the public law is public law? No, no. If the corporate... Law. What was the corporate law you just stated? Well, like for example, oh. Mark has a corporation, so 
He's asking, Mark, is that public law corporation? Is that is the law public law, or was your corporation created by some code? No, it's created under public law. And when the IRS came back to me, I sent them a two-page letter asking them what basically what they wanted. That it appeared they wanted to do business, and if they did, here are the terms and conditions. A question is, is, sorry to cut you off. Is the 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 corporate is it corporate law? Is you said <laughs> I want to know if it's public law. Is corporate law public law? Corporate because law you, is is for the corporation. Okay. But you can create the corporation in the public. You're asking. You got mixed up questions there. That's like saying is your private law public law. Well, no, <laughs> that's my private law. But I make it public doesn't make it public law. And remember, his corporation is not him. It's a different. It's his avatar. He can create it and use it, uh, you know, as his own in the in, on a monopoly board. And then you can, okay, you can bring in a different set of rules. Well, right, I, I, it's a separate being, a separate entity Absolutely. in this. <laughs> yeah. In the fake world of fake money doing fake business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I know a fellow that has a state citizen passport, and he canceled everything. And uh, he went out and created an LLC, and he has his car under the LLC, and his, his car has plates. <laughs> okay. But the law is whatever you make it, so you just have to be smart about it. And you have to realize what terms you're up against. So for business, I created a corporation. It's, it's done in the public. But when the IRS hit me up and said, hey, you're not, not uh, submitting taxes anymore. Here's your tax bill. I wrote them back and said, well, I haven't done any more business with the government, but it appears you wish to set up an arrangement and see some of my income. So here, here's my requirements. And I sent them a, a Full page of requirements. They they did it uh, twice. They hit me, I don't know, five years ago or so, and then again three years ago, and then they haven't touched me since. I love that. You know, let me let me let me comment on what you just said because I did the exact same thing um, with when I got, and this is going to sound really strange, right? Uh, but I I got arrested. Well, not even arrested, kidnapped, really, by by a municipal – well, just by the cops, man. They took me to the hospital, right, for uh, – they wanted to check my sanity. I was trying to make a citizen's arrest, but they overrode my my privilege, I suppose, right, by by the evidence presented to them that I was somehow causing a harm to someone else. So they wanted to make sure that I was okay, but I had been studying law, and then when I went in, I knew that I was going to make a financial claim, right? So they were making their claim against me, and then I wrote um, all my what I felt were my rights, and I said, well, I'm, I claim such and such amount of money, $30,000 for every hour that I'm in here without you making a legal determination, and so... I gave that to them, and 10 minutes later, I was being interviewed and released from that, from that place. 
you know. I'm quite surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell the uh, sarcasm in my voice, can't you? Of course. <laughs> they want you to pay for your um, care regarding the matter. Uh-huh. They, they don't want to pay for it. All right. And they were just hoping that I would just go ahead with, you know, be angry. Caught up all in my emotions and forget about any type of reason. Right, but they don't want to pay for it. They want you to pay for it. No, they're going to make me pay for their giving me the benefit. It's like yeah, they're right. going to force me to take a benefit and I have to pay for it. Right. <laughs> Welcome to life. So yeah. at least you were on your uh, toes and said, well, no, this is your bill and I ain't paying for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, you know, there's a group of TIs that actually operate on, on TalkShoe, quite a couple of them, I'm sure, more than one. But I actually went on there with this information when I first joined TalkShoe, and I, I told them about making a financial claim for your time and energy. And um, they almost thought it was a joke and, and, and didn't comp- really comprehend. And I, I even told them my experience of having done that and, and, and succeeded. And it was still as if, you know, they wanted to be victims. You know? Well, let them, want it, then let them be victims. Then I get walk it. away. <laughs> walk away and go, okay, well, yeah. you guys are going to get your asses handed to you, but good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up the call because it's 11 o'clock, and we started at 8, like 8.10 when I got on. (laughs) But we usually run till 10. I I sat back and let this go, but we'll do another one in a couple weeks. Mark? Yeah. Any way of getting his uh, name or email or anything that you could uh, contact him again and maybe have him come back? Yeah, he's on all the time. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. Problem. My, my name. If you're talking about me, uh, my name is uh, Donaldson. I'm I'm basically uh, at uh, quantumclaim at mail dot com. So quantumclaim at mail dot com, and uh, yeah, I'm always on, and I've always got something to say. And my friend uh, D Genius, you still with us, D? He may not be with us. Okay, but yeah, you guys, I'll hear him. Uh, <laughs> this can be somewhat t- uh, trying on the ears. You know, people don't always hang out. But, yeah, man, uh, I really appreciate you letting the call go for this long. Uh, I didn't even realize it was that long, but, I, I, I mean, this guy answered a lot, of, a lot of stuff for me, really confirmed quite a bit of information. So thank you so much, um, Guest 7. And, and and Mark, thanks a lot, too. And the gentleman who is hey. asking, who are you? Oh, go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say no problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's the guy asking uh, about about me? I, who are you, my friend? Oh, I, was, I was asking about uh, Guest 7 there, if they, yes. if oh, there was there contact. If there was constant contact between Mark and Guest Seven. Oh, oh, here I go. Oh, I think I've talked to him before, but I, I'm not sure. But uh, I'm sure he'll be on in a couple of weeks when we have the next call. 
it sounds like he hit a group that he actually likes. So let's hope so. <laughs> but I don't know what else to tell you. Is he still on the phone? Oh, I just got a text. I'll be on the next time as well, guest seven. Oh, okay. All right, so okay. so we'll do another call in two weeks, 8 a.m. <laughs> or 8 p.m. 8 a.m., yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't get most of you back. And I um, uh, guess good luck to you living for, in the meantime. Can I get some credit, though, for asking all the great questions? <clears throat> sure. Sure, you can. Right. Credit, right. credit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, nice all right, guys. Bye, bye. It, it was nice talking to all you two. I'll uh, see you in a couple weeks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.